in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into Final Four Friday, April 1st. We're excited. It's Wear Red Day in the city of Louisville. Trevor Kelsey naturally has his uh, bright green Philadelphia Eagles Fly Eagles Fly t-shirt on. That doesn't mean that he's not excited, folks. That doesn't mean that he's not going to be in the spirit. That doesn't mean that he's not ready to kick some Gamecock ass. Trevor Kelsey's focused. He's ready. I got the red hoodie on. We're feeling good. We got you until 6 o'clock. We're going to talk about the women's Final Four. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight. Cards taking on the Gamecocks. We're going to talk about other things going on. But first, we have to welcome in TK. Defend yourself, Trevor. You're wearing a bright green t-shirt on Wear Red Day. This is what I I do when we win in Minneapolis right here, baby. Okay, okay. good spin. Good spin. I like like that. that. This is how we win in Minneapolis. Short of wearing a Kirby Puckett jersey, this is how we do it. <laughs> you know, it was off the air. We were talking about that the other day. I was like, I, love, I, miss, I miss Kirby Puckett. I love Kirby Puckett. We all do. I think everybody forgets that he died. Yeah, no, it's just kind of – I mean, who, who couldn't who couldn't, who couldn't just, just love the big chubby guy in center field that wins? It, it is officially, though, Wear Red Day. Citywide proclamation. The mayor did it. I feel like we do this uh, once a year. It's usually the women's team because they're the only ones accomplishing anything these days. <laughs> But it is uh, officially Wear Red Day. Do Kentucky fans get mad about that? No. They don't, they care. don't, they don't care. They're I mean, fine. I mean, their women's team was gone a long time ago. I mean, their, their wardrobe consists of only one thing anyway. So it doesn't make, the, go, the, the, the governor could say it's National Wear you know, Gray Day, and they'd be like, well, all we got's blue, so we can't, you know, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what, last night I was watching some of the Four Letter Network and, and, and their, uh, their, their, their Sports Center show, which I normally don't do, but I was like, hey, you know what? I want to hear them talk about Louisville. Oh. You know, you know what I got? Picked the wrong week. 30 minutes I'm sitting on there listening to them talk about the women's Final Four. Louisville got like two minutes. If that. We're going to talk about that. more time talking about the coaching of Geo versus uh, Tara and, yeah. and State. I mean, nothing. Louisville, they bring up Louisville. They get two minutes of talk, and then it goes the rest to, to South Carolina, more about South Carolina, and then the other. No respect. It's not just them. We're gonna, no I mean, we're going to play. Actually, I'm going to send you a clip here to play in, in the second segment about uh, Jeff Walls responding. He watched PTI this week, and Kornheiser and Will Bond, if you saw the segment, it, the clip made its rounds. I think it was on Tuesday's show where they essentially say that – well, they don't essentially say it. They do come right out and say the winner of UConn versus Stanford will face South Carolina in the championship game. <laughs> they do a whole segment on the women's Final Four, make zero reference to Louisville. The only 
like sort of reference is them assuming that South Carolina is going to win and play for the national title. And this has been the case kind of everywhere. It's been, if Jeff Walls loves playing up the disrespect card, which he does. Oh, he's got it. He's had it all week. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. And I put this on Card Chronicle today on the, the news and notes post for this afternoon. If you go to like, like Google search it right now, Louisville, South Carolina predictions. You can find one on the internet from any sort of national rider who thinks Louisville has a chance. Everybody else just says South Carolina. The one national rider who has said, and, and she didn't even definitively say, like, I think Louisville beat South Carolina. She kind of beat around the bush a little bit. But uh, Shannon Ryan from The Athletic was the only person that I've seen who has come out and said, they, they've got a really good shot. Somebody, because the they did one of those roundtable discussions with their women's college basketball riders. And the first question that came out was, who will be the star of the Final Four? And... Everybody else said, you know, Aaliyah Boston or you know, one of the Stanford guards or somebody from UK, Paige Becker is going to, is going to step up. And Shannon Ryan said, Haley Van Lith. She's feisty. She's trash-talking. She's a high-scoring guard. If they pull the upset of South Carolina, it's going to be because of her dynamic play. And then the question just straight up came, who's winning, Louisville or South Carolina? And Shannon Ryan says, I've got USC in my bracket. They were my preseason pick to win the national title. But she says this because she covered Louisville in the Sweet 16 last week. This is a tougher pick than I imagined after covering Louisville in both the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. I'd picked South Carolina all along to win the national championship. I know South Carolina's defense is rated as the best in the nation, and it's truly impressive. But Louisville is so disruptive on inbounds passes, under the basket, lobs, etc. The Cardinals are just constantly going after the ball. They're essentially a pack of killer bees swarming anyone who touches it. Emily Angstler's length has a strong defensive impact, and Van List's scoring ability is hard to stop. If South Carolina hits an offensive lull like it did earlier in the tournament, an obvious goal for Louisville, this will go the Cardinals' way. That's still, like, that's not a definitive prediction. That's not her coming out and saying Louisville's going to win this game. She has a, she's got a qualifier there. If South Carolina hits an offensive lull like it did earlier in the tournament, Louisville will win. That's not, it's still not a definitive prediction. But that's as close as I've gotten to seeing anybody, anybody, Picking Louisville to win this game. Or at least acknowledging we're here. I'm surprised these people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was way too, I was surprised these people even gave us a logo on their little chart. I'm surprised they didn't show the uh, South Carolina, UConn, and Stanford logo. I mean, like just a little question mark in the corner, giving us the wrong yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they, yeah, I'm surprised they just didn't do like what they did from the, the year of the Cardinal and say it was something about Stanford in there. I mean, it'd be one thing if we were like a seven seed that's just happy to be here with, uh, you know, no. the three of the other preseason favorites or pre-tournament favorites. We're freaking one seed. Yeah, like we're, we're one seed. We're, we're not coming in this like Eeyore. We're not like, thanks for letting us be here. Thanks for thanks for having us here for, for Paige's homecoming in Minneapolis. Thanks for having us here to watch the two legends of Stanford and UConn go ahead. Thanks, Don Staley, for inviting us. No, we're here just walking in there. And we're kicking the door open. We're grabbing the, the prom queen or king and taking him home, in this case. We're, we're, we're chugging the... We're doing everything. This is our party, baby. This is our house. That's my punch bowl. That's my punch bowl. I'm picking the DJ. I'm requesting the music. I, Straight I Drew Hill for three hours. Under the sea, my rear end. This is not... No, that's not the theme for this. No, it's a magical night, damn it. <laughs> Up in the tree Up with the, the cardinal birds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how we're coming in here. <laughs> Minneapolis. We, we the prince. This is our house. We it. the Kirby Puckets of this place. I, I mean, it, it it is, though, like, 
in all seriousness, taking the, the fan hat off a little bit or trying to as much as possible, it is surprising to see just how little discussion Louisville has gotten because not only are we a one seed, one of three one seeds still standing in this tournament, and of course the other two seed is basically a one seed in Connecticut, but it's not like this is some sort of flash in the pan and, and oh my gosh, like where did Louisville come from? We've been a one seed three of the last four years. We've been to four Final Fours since 2007. I mean, we played we, for the national title twice. Have we been to more Final Fours than, than South Carolina has? Ooh, I don't know. I know, obviously, UConn and Stanford isn't... I'm, right. I'm not going to guess that. But I, mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, South Carolina's been to that many. No, there's, they're, they're kind of new kids on the block, too. No, but, yeah, Staley, when she got there from Temple, which I know that, yes. I don't ask a boy. But yeah, after she played at... Uh, where did she play at? She's, she didn't play at South Carolina. She played somewhere else, I forget. But. Probably UConn. No, it wasn't UConn. It was somewhere, but I forget. Uh, but yeah, she's... Virginia. I mean, Virginia, okay. Uh, then she went to Temple as a coach, and she went to South Carolina, and she's only they've only been relevant less less than Louisville. Less than less time Louisville has, and I know they have the national title. So they're they're basically the same as us. They've been to four Final Fours. Okay, so it's their fourth. All of them relatively recent. Yeah. She got there in 2008. That was her first season there. Walls was obviously his first season was, uh, was 2006, right? But, but 2009 was our first Final Four. 2009 was our first Final Four. They've been to all of their final fours are from 2015 or beyond. All of their elite eight appearances are from 2002 and beyond. Yeah. And like us, like, I mean, they had a little bit more history. They went to Sweet 16s in 1982 and 1990, but that's basically it. Like, that, I mean, the only difference between us and them is they did get that ring the one year. Exactly. They're, they're the 2017 national t- champions. And was it the year we got screwed? No, that wasn't. That was 2018. Okay. I'm still mad about it. Does that, that, that ref from Central Kentucky? Because I don't acknowledge Notre Dame as that national champion. Nor should you. Uh, no one does. The record book's just so vacant. It's like the 20. There's there's two empty years in, the, in women's national championship records. 2020 and not 2018. There should be. And instead, they play that clip of Arike Ogunbowale hitting the, the last second shot oh, 5,000 times a tournament. I, and now I mentioned I hear the audio sound of it in those commercials. Like, what did you miss? Women's sports or something. And, it's like, uh, and it just plays the, the audio of it. Have you seen that commercial? Yes, all the time. Yeah. And, and I'm, every time I hear it, I'm thinking, it should never happened. It's fake. Fake news. It does suck because it's also you know like— why you, you know why you only hear it but don't see it? Because it didn't really happen. It, I mean, it's like the most famous moment in women's college basketball in the last 15 years, too. And we owned that Notre Dame team. I'll never get over it. I mean, we, we thumped them twice. We would have thumped them a third time. Well, we and, get a sound clip of uh, Mississippi State's girl just body-checking our girl into the into the backboard. And that's not—it's it, not no even a homer call. take. Like, like, if you watch the— I love the Jeff Walls, like after the like a day after the game, like where he put the picture of like the obvious foul, like the the, the girl just shoving uh, our player, and oh, it'd have been a penalty in football. He puts out, he's like, I guess we have to get bigger during the off season, like it's <laughs> the weight room, and he got reprimanded for it, like he because that was the thing he did, he couldn't coach a game in the next year's NCAA tournament. He had to sit out the first round game because because of all of his comments because he had to point out the fact that the referee that we got screwed. Yeah, <sighs> I still tell you, I'm not just because of that, but just anyway. Anyone who ever wants to complain about officiating in the NBA or men's basketball, just watch a women's game. Watch a women's game. It's you, the worst. You will go back going, "I'm so sorry." You will go to you go to Teddy Valentine and buy him like a, a box of chocolates and apologize to him if you do that. Just just do. I'm promise you, you will. Because I've seen a bunch of NBA people who, you know, I've, I've been watching the the men's tournament for the last month, and I've seen a lot of the whole like I'll never complain about NBA officials again after watching the NCAA tournament. And I always want to be like, okay, now watch the women's tournament. <laughs> yeah. it, it is remarkable because 
even people who've heard that complaint for a long time but haven't really watched a whole lot of women's basketball, when they finally sit down and watch a game from start to finish, almost like to a person, they come away with the exact same response, which is, oh, my God, I can't believe how right everybody was. It's so bad. I mean, this is no, you would think it would be, I don't mean, I mean you think it would be slightly easier to officiate because you just don't have the same speed as you do in the men's side. I mean, yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to like sound sexist or anything, but it's true. I it's mean, fair. You don't have the same kind of. I mean, you have athleticism, but not, obviously not. It's the same level. You know, obviously not the same size of the athletes and the same speed. You think it would be a slightly easier to officiate, and it should be. Yet somehow, I don't know what they're looking at half the time. I don't either. I mean, it just baffles me. The weird thing is the lack of consistency, and, and I know it's an <laughs> yeah. issue on the men's side too. But well, it is. But. You'll have a quarter where. They're letting you know women in the paint just seemingly like Hammered. punch each other in the yeah. face, and then the next quarter they'll come out, and every like like being in the same general vicinity of a player winds up being called a foul. It's all just maddening, and hopefully it doesn't overshadow what happens tonight hopefully. in either one of the games because this should be a terrific final four. I mean, I know Louisville's an eight and a half point underdog, which seems like a large large spread, but I want to bet it, but I'm gonna stay away from it. It's two one seeds. And then on the other side, you've got the reigning national champion versus still the preeminent preeminent name in women's college basketball in Connecticut. Like these should be two fantastic games, and hopefully we get a fantastic final on Sunday, which ends with Jeff Walls and company cutting down the nets. I mean, the, whoever, whoever, whether it be UConn or Stanford, it's a passing of the torch for Jeff Walls this week this weekend. I love you. Keep saying this, and I, and I love it. I want it to be UConn. I prefer it be UConn, but either way, it's a passing of the torch. I mean Stanford. I mean Stanford's. I mean they were. They've been right there with UConn to a, not yeah. obviously. I mean they've they've been a cornerstone of women's basketball for twenty years. Sure. I mean, do they have the same cliche as as UConn and maybe Tennessee does? Probably not, but also probably a little bit to do with the fact on the West Coast. So if we, you know, let's say we pull the upset in the first game, their best player is pretty cute though. Who? The Stanford girl. The backcourts. Yeah, they, they've got two fantastic players. Yeah, they're good basketball players, too. <laughs> if we pull the upset in the first game tonight, will you find yourself, because you've been talking about this all week long, do you just become, for one night only, Geno fan 24-7? Are you pulling for UConn because you want that matchup so badly on Sunday? I'd rather play UConn, yeah. Or are you just rooting for, like, a million overtimes? <laughs> so they're worn out. And tired. Yeah. Uh, well, that would be nice. That's, that's what we call a bonus. Uh, but if when Louisville wins, after Louisville gets their victory against South Carolina and shocks everyone outside of the, the city of Louisville, because we already knew how good we were, uh, I will be rooting for UConn against Stanford, yes. I want UConn. I, 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 I don't want to avoid it. I want the first title to be UConn. Round three is coming on Sunday. I've got... I can't wait. Via Kelly Gramlich, who, who covers uh, women's college basketball, she's fantastic with the ACC Network and ESPN. She laid out her keys to victory for, for Louisville tonight. Okay. She's seen South Carolina, I would assume, far more than I have. So she, uh, I'm going to uh, I probably trust that probably more than my yeah. two halves of South Carolina <laughs> women's basketball this season. I'm going to assume she knows what, uh, what she's talking about more than I would. So here's what she had to say. Offensively, four keys. One, attack off the dribble. Because of the length and size, uh, they are hard to beat with the pass. Talking about South Carolina. Two, Haley Van Lith needs to take on the Deja Kelly role. Attack relentlessly. Get to the line. Three, try to put Aaliyah Boston in pick and roll action to pull her away from the basket. 
And four, and this one, I think fairly obvious, got to make threes. Emily Angsler got to score, got to shoot the ball better than she did against Michigan in the Elite Eight. Defensively, Kelly says Louisville needs to do this. Double Aaliyah Boston whenever she touches it. Inside, if she catches it there, make her pass it, make somebody else beat you. Two, pack it in like North Carolina did, but know where Henderson is at all times. And three, rebound, rebound, rebound. No second chance shots, at least. No second chances. Women's college basketball still hasn't caught up with men in terms of the just the elimination of the big, the big, the center, big, the down low game, hasn't it? Not, not, not nearly as much. It seems like you. I mean, Louisville obviously doesn't have a a a, a big man or big woman. I guess you would say. I don't know what's the best way to. It sounds it. wrong when you say it like that. The correct way to say a, it, yeah. a large center. The large center, yes, yeah. A low post presence. Maybe that's the best way to put it. There you go. Uh, but I mean, you look at and I know obviously the the girl from UConn is is more of a guard wing player, but Davies traditionally had a a you know, Bria Stewart who was last time they won a national championship, and so on and so forth. But you look at I guess Stanford and obviously uh, South Carolina, South Carolina. They, I mean, they're I mean even Michigan who we played in the Elite Eight were based around the six six and six five. Yeah, the 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 low post game. I guess women women sports the one this hasn't gotten to that point. Which you know what I like about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, I like I like the old school thing to it. Aaliyah Boston is, I mean, she's six five. She's traditional center, and yeah, you're you're over six one in, in a women's sport. You're 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 a good size center. And the interesting thing about the way that Walls has built this program is, he kind of goes against that. He, he doesn't fall into that trap. We have, for the most part, I think with like probably one exception over the last fifteen years. Angel McCautry, really? Well, she wasn't a, a center, but she was still center size. She was six two, six three. She's six one. Yeah, but that's the center in women's basketball. Yeah, not really. Not 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 anymore. Like that's. That's a, a very, very undersized center in women's basketball. Like she, we have kind of gone, we haven't fallen into that. That I don't want to say trap. We just don't do that. Like Jeff Walls doesn't build his teams that way. We don't have traditional uh, centers. We don't have back to the basket six three, six four, six five type centers. He likes spreading it out. He likes playing yeah. more of the modern type of basketball. Even now, I mean, our our tallest starter, our tallest primary contributor is Emily Angsler, who's. I mean, she handles it like a guard. She can shoot it like a guard from time to time. She is super versatile. Olivia Cochran's more of the traditional center, but she's you know not nearly as 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 tall as Aaliyah Boston or some of the other women that she's been going up against in this NCAA tournament. And it helps that I mean it, it goes without saying, but like when you have an Aaliyah Boston, look at her numbers in this tournament so far. In the first round against Howard, barely had to play ten points, twelve rebounds. Oh, in eighteen minutes, yeah, barely played. Average like eighteen and sixteen. I think Miami. 10 and 16 in 35 minutes. North Carolina, 28 and 22. And then the last game. Like Patrick Ewing numbers right there from the 90s. I mean, against Creighton, she barely had to play again because they won by 30, 19 yeah. and 7. Like, and she's she shot, besides the Miami game where she played, she was only, um, she shot 26.7% from the field. She shot above 65% in every other tournament game. Like, you've got to. Like Kelly said in her game notes, you got to make her uncomfortable. Every time she touches the ball, regardless of where she is on the floor, double her. Do what teams have done to Haley Van Lith, and I know they're totally different players, but you've got to do what Michigan did to HVL down the stretch uh, of that Elite Eight game and say, you're not beating us single-handedly. We're going to make one of your supporting cast members have the night of her life if we're not going to win this game. We may lose, but we're not losing because you got 28 and 16 against us. Somebody else is going to have to step up immediately. Now, she's going to get her points because you can do so much defensively on normal half-court sets, but, you know, second-chance points, 
sometimes she's just going to be bigger than everybody else out there. And we saw that in the Tennessee in the Tennessee and the Michigan games where there were times where we just didn't have the size to compete defensively on the glass. And that happens. It, we saw in the men's game. Armando Baycott killed us with offensive rebounds and second chance points because he was just bigger and more athletic than anybody we had down there at that time. You've got to limit her. You, you can't let her score out of half-court sets, though. That's the big thing. If she's going to get second-chance opportunities, that's one thing. If she's going to to kill you on defense, sure, only so much you can do there. But you can't let her just catch the ball in a position to score on the block without forcing her out, have her turn, and hit a little five-footer off the glass. Like that. Those are the types of points that you can't give up tonight. I mean, we, let's be honest. Jeff Wallace has, has gone against teams with better centers in women's basketball. And one. Than one. I mean, Obviously, do I need to bring up Brittany Griner? I mean, you that's don't, the one. You don't give it. Even even when you look at like uh, even even this year, you look at like it's in Michigan, which their their center I'm, who was so heralded was I think she's only like six two, six three, maybe a little smaller, the center size, but still obviously very talented, low post player. And even the Tennessee game, I'm, I'm almost say Tennessee had had one of their better players was was their big man, yeah, or big girl, I guess. I Center. <laughs> They're center, yeah. Yeah. I'm not Stay still, safe. I'm still getting used to the, the, the proper verbiage of, of, of between the two. But, yes, the center position. So, I mean, like you said, Louisville is – Jeff Walls has gone more to what is more traditional in the rest of college athletics, in, or at least in men's basketball, which is a guard-oriented team. And it's been successful. And you're right, Angel McCautry, I think, was a center, but she was more of like the Candace Parker type center. Well, she wasn't a center. Well, she played power forward center, didn't she? I mean, she was known as she's listed as a guard on the roster. She, like, she, I mean, she's 6'1. That's, that's center size, though. Not really. I mean, not really. <laughs> Is there anybody bigger than 6'1 on this little team now? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I mean, Cochran and Angler are both taller than 6'1. Than 6'2. Six one. Six I think Emily Angler is 6'3. Is she? At least. But she doesn't play like a, a center. Also, six one. This time was six well, one. Emily Angler six two. Okay, like 10 years about. ago too, as well. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that's fair. I mean, she <laughs> she was definitely tall, but she did not. I mean, she no, rarely she, played she, with her back to the basket no, or anything no, like that, that. That she didn't do. No, no, I agree. Yeah, that she didn't do. And Angler, you know, to be fair, I mean, she's six two, but she's listed as a guard too. Like she's, uh, it's I mean, just hey, the way hey, we play. It's like five six. I mean, yeah, I mean that's uh, and that's uh, standard. <laughs> Olivia Cochran is six three, and she's more okay. of the center. Yeah. So I said Emily Angsler was the tallest player that we usually play a lot of minutes. That's not true. Cochran is it has an inch on her. And she's more the traditional center. She's not going to step out and hit a bunch of threes. She's no. going to play with her back to the basket a lot of times. But she also she's got a, a solid fifteen foot jumper. The big thing we're just gonna need her to just keep South Carolina's big girl off the off the off the off the block. Stop saying that. Well, she's tall. I mean <laughs> I mean the big girl comment just I know <laughs> just gets me. Out of all the things that make me confident about this game. There's one that stands out above all else. Kentucky beat him. <laughs> Kentucky beat him with a roster full of players that were clearly unhappy because they all have transferred since the end That's of the season. True, yeah. uh, a Kentucky team that was barely going to make the NCAA tournament before that game and then lost to Princeton in the first round of the NCAA tournament anyway. Cookie hung with us a little bit, right? They and, did. Yeah. Haley Van Lith made some huge plays in the fourth quarter to, to kind of uh, gain separation and help us beat them for the, I think, 37th year in a row, I believe, yeah. is the, the total there. Their coach got teed up, I remember, a bunch of times in that game, I believe, too. Yeah, which I do love. Like, the we own you all in every sport. It's like, you own us in football right now and literally nothing else. Like, that's... Well, they yeah, that's because they haven't beaten us in basketball in, in like, seven years. Either one, uh, men's yeah. or women's. It's been, like, 75 years. It was, uh, 
I think it was right after the Korean War was coming to an end. <laughs> the last time they beat us in either men's or women's basketball. It's been a long, long time. Mass was still number one in the ratings. Baseball, we've won 47 of the last 48 games against them. Look yeah, that up. It's fine. It's sure, yeah. Absolute fact, including two in the Super Regional. You sure they won one? They won one. Okay, did they sneak one in there? Midweek game, you know, we threw a freshman. What, what are you going to do? Sometimes crazy stuff happens. And we still had Tina Martinez's brother-in-law as our manager. Lalo Prado era. <laughs> one day I'm going to remember his name. I lose who his brother-in-law is. It's okay. Uh, but, but yeah, that, that makes me more confident. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to play the clip of Jeff Walls talking about PTI because I think it's funny. Uh, we're going to go to the text line. And also, third straight day where we have news on the men's basketball roster for next season. Who's staying? Who's going? We got another going. We're going to talk about that after the break as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and Back in. I What's up? Her name, but the lead singer, she was like 17 when this, when, this, when this band got together. Really? Like, you watch the video, she's like sitting in like basically lingerie. It's crazy to say. Well, I mean, a little weird in hindsight. I can't remember her name to save my life, but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't remember Lita Ford and Joan Jett were also members of the Runaways. Somebody will help us out in the text line. Yeah. Thornton's text line, by the way, 502-414-1450. It's your Final Four Friday as well. We want to hear from you. Uh, offer up your words of support for the Louisville women's basketball team or your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your topic ideas at 502-414-1450. And after you do that, download that Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump every time you need to fuel that car up. And it's also going to save you money on some of the fantastic treats they have inside at any one of the 1,678 area Thornton's locations. they got coffee, donuts, pepperoni pretzels, anything your heart can desire you can find it at Thornton's. Anything you can load up into that uh, backpack of yours on the way to use that uh, 1450 golf guard. That's right. Which is why, you know, you can go watch a little bit win tonight. Tomorrow, do a little do, do 18 holes at one of the golf guard places. Get home on Sunday and then watch a little win the national championship. We still have Big X golf cards. Not many. No, there's a few left. Not many. Not many. So if you want to act now. I'm trying to bogart as many as I can, but they won't I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't even play golf. I know. I just, well, I'm just, it's like when I worked at Toys R Us and I, I, I kind of confiscated the Pokemon cards. They say you just like took Barbies. Yeah, well, yeah. I, that's how I got fired at Toys R Us. They, they caught me selling Pokemon cards in the parking lot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was 2000. It was either Pokemon was like the most popular thing. And like we got, I knew because I was working there during Christmas season and the cards came in. I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy these myself. Good God. Go out and make a profit. Don't be like Trevor Kelsey. <laughs> Buy your own uh, Big X Sports Golf Card. It's going to let you play five of the best courses in Southern Indiana for under 25 bucks a round. That includes cart. It includes a bucket of range balls before the courses we're talking about here, Chariot Run, Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play those great co- courses for under 25 bucks if you go to BigXSportsRadio.com. Click on the tab that says Big X Golf Cards. It'll take you to the area where you can purchase 
And again, if you don't have the internet, if you think it's a fad that's going out of style like Dawn Staley, <laughs> just give us a call at 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. And you can purchase a golf card that way as well. Uh, I hate April Fool's Day. Why do you hate April Fool's Day? This is my new, you know, we do old man takes at the beginning of the show typically. The internet's ruined it, right? The internet's ruined it. Everybody takes it too far. I think it's one thing you can say. I mean, the internet's, I guess you can claim it's ruined a lot of things, but I think the internet has officially ruined April Fool's Day. Yeah, because I told you, I at the beginning of Card Chronicle, I was definitely one of those, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a fun, funny, like, this player's going pro when they're actually not going pro. I did the Denny Crumbs, uh, rumored to be the next coach at NC yeah. State, and people took it seriously. And now... It's just, it's gotten to the point where legally, like we get an email every single March 31st saying, if you want to do, they're they're basically like, don't do April Fool's jokes because they're dumb and unfunny people do them only. But if you have to do one, make it very apparent that it's an April Fool's joke so we don't all get sued. And they're essentially, yeah, they they basically tell us like. I don't know what's wrong with the most wrong with that sentence. The fact that you're going to get sued because of an April Fool's joke. I mean, mean, I get it. But also like it's. Stuff happens now. But so today, Wisconsin's official basketball account, they go out there and they're like, great news, Brad Davison, who everybody talks about, you know, makes the joke, he's been in school for 75 years. Brad Davison has been granted a six-year of eligibility based on the injury that he suffered in his sophomore season and all this stuff. And I'm aware that it's April Fool's Day, but I click on it. It goes to the official website. They've got quotes from Davison and from Greg Gard in there. It's there's no sort of thing at the bottom where it's like, and if you read this far, just know none of this is true because it's April Fool's Day. There's nothing like that. So I'm assuming if this is an official account doing this on the official website, like I know what day it is, but this reads like it's accurate. So I, I get ready to make fun of it. And people I read the comments and it's just people arguing whether or not this is true. And then like five hours later, they have Brad Davison in his douchey face posting a message being like, I love my time as a Badger, but this is actually an April Fool's joke. I'm like, you can't do that. Didn't they just announce yesterday that their other, their best player was going pro too? Donnie, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, just yesterday. I mean, I saw it on the ticker last night, I'm pretty sure. And then, the, you know, I saw the, you know, we have a club Louisville men's lacrosse team at UofL. It's not a officially NCAA sanctioned sport here. We've gone over that. Yeah, a lot of people want it to be because the ACC is such a big time lacrosse conference. And they put out like, hey, great news. Lacrosse has been approved for play in the ACC starting in 2020. And I was like, right away with that one. I was like, this is fake. But but people were genuinely excited about it. I I just, I don't understand. Like, like, it's not funny anymore. Like, stuff like this just, and maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm just missing out on the fun. It's just misleading and it's annoying. And I I find myself not believing actual news on this day because there's so (laughs) much just BS floating around. But what are you going to do? You mean you want to know the best ever full stroke right now? What's that? Is it South Carolina's going to dominate tonight? Well done. <laughs> All right, let's play. I teased the clip. I want to make sure we actually play it. Jeff Walls was uh, talking with the media during their pre-Final Four press conference yesterday. And I mentioned that, I think it was Tuesday's episode of PTI, they previewed, I use preview very loosely here, <laughs> the women's Final Four, made zero direct references to Louisville. The only indirect reference they made was by saying whoever wins the UConn-Stanford game will move on to play South Carolina on Sunday in the national championship game. Jeff Walls, not surprisingly, saw that as well. I don't know if he's watching live or word got back to him and he went and found the clip, but he had some thoughts. Yeah, here's what Jeff Walls had to say yesterday about our boys, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. You've got you have PTI and Tony and the guys that are talking about women's basketball in the, fi- the Final Four and 
talking about the teams and talking about the UConn and Stanford matchup and the winner of that game is going to play South Carolina. I don't know if they know there's four teams in the Final Four. I don't know if they've seen a women's basketball tournament or not. But we actually have four. That's, they just started it. So God bless that we are trying to get you know, equality. So I think they may have thought the last 30-something years we only had three teams in the Final Three. But we actually have four. And we are the fourth. So, I mean, when someone comes out and they, they just flat out say the winner of the UConn-Stanford game is going to play South Carolina, yeah, that's, that's you know. I mean, I'm sure they thought that the winner of that Tennessee-Oklahoma game was going to play Baylor in 13-2. But, unfortunately, that's not what took place. You've got <laughs> – I just love the way it ends. That's not what took place. Just letting you know. Um, also love that he referred to it as Tony and the guys. Mike Wilbon seeing that clip, yeah. just head, just exploding, furious about it. But I mean, I mean the the shade. Jeff Walls never hesitates to throw it, and I do love the like. I don't know if they, you know, we're trying to do equality, and we're just now trying to, to get equal. So I don't know if he knew that if they thought it was the final three before this year, and they're just now coming around. I mean, but technically, we're the three. UConn's the four. We should be. I mean, if you, if you want to be technical about things. But if you do the, the rankings and the, the betting odds, UConn's actually two. Because they have better odds to win yeah. the national title than uh, I think Stanford does, the team that they're playing, even though they are a point spread underdog, which makes very little sense. But here we are. <sighs> it's so bad. I like this just because I know how much Jeff Walls loves playing this up. And like we've talked about at the beginning of the week, even under Walls, even during this period where Louisville women's basketball has gone from national afterthought to one of the consistently you know, top 10, more recently top five programs in the entire sport, we've still gotten there by doing things from an underdog standpoint. I mean, when we first got to the Final Four, when we first got to the national title game, nobody expected us to do that. It was not a one-seed team. When we you know, beat Brittany Griner and Baylor, even though we were a well-regarded team, I think we were a four-seed that year, sure. it was still one of the biggest upsets in the history of women's college basketball because still that is. Baylor team was so good, and we were just kind of seen as one of the teams that they were going to beat by 25 or 30 on their way to the national title. Um it's it's only in the last few years where we've been consistently a one seed that people expect to get to the Final Four. And even then, there hasn't been a time when we've been the one seed that everybody thinks is going to get the job done. So to be back in that spot for tonight's game, I think Walsh feels comfortable there. I think the, the women on his team feel comfortable there. And I like it. Uh, I've been talking to you know fans this week. A couple of my buddies have season tickets for the women's game. And one of them was texting me a couple of days ago and saying, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I just want Jeff to get over the hump so badly. And, and you know, people will throw, especially UK fans will do that. Well, he can't win the big one type deal at him. And which is so absurd when you look at the lack of It's the same with Dan McDonald and baseball. When you look at the lack of history prior to his arrival and then look at what we've done since then to pinpoint that as your defining characteristic of him just seems so ridiculous. But my buddy's like, I don't know if it's just because I want him to do it so badly, but I'm finding myself feeling more nervous about this game than I was about the final four games on the men's side in either 2012 or 2013. And I don't get that sense just because kind of like in 2012, I know the opponent was Kentucky and that added a different element, but we were such a decided underdog. And I kind of have that feeling in this game where I think we're being slept on. I think we're going to make this thing more competitive than most experts believe it's going to be. But if we fall a little bit short, it's what everybody expected you to do. I'll be crushed because I want to get there. 
but I'd be way more nervous if we're going to use... I'm more excited than I am nervous about tonight's game. If we were an eight-and-a-half-point favorite and everybody thought this is the year, this has to be the year, and if it's not this year, they may never do it, then I'm terrified going into this game. But for right now, I'm not saying we're going to play with house money. We're a one seed. We want to take that next step. We want to become a program that's won a national championship. But I'm excited about the opportunity more than I am just nervous about it. I mean, I don't want to compare it to 12 because, I mean, 12, I was... I was nervous in playing with house money with the men's team, but I mean we were underdogs and rightfully so in that game. I mean we we probably shouldn't have had a chance to win that game. I mean UK was just that much better than us. They were probably most of the team, even Kansas and I'm trying to think who else, Ohio State might have been on paper better than us at that time. Now even though I, we could have had a better chance of beating Kansas and Ohio State, but no here nor there. And they were one or two seasons. We were four. Yeah, and this in this situation though, we're not. I mean while we're not getting the same, we're getting like treated the same way. As a men in twelve, in terms of underdog and not having a chance, that's not the that's not the scenario. We are as good as everyone else in this final four right now. We should be. I mean, we should Sorry, be considered. I, got a, I still got a little mucus left in me. I'm getting clear out here between my. You're good. my breasts. <clears throat> but we're, we're 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 not. You know, we're not the the scrappy underdog four seed this year again. Like we maybe we were in you know the year we beat Brittany Griner and company, and we end up beating Tennessee in the lead eight that year, I believe. And I think we beat California in the final four. Uh, and California was like a one seed as well, or they were they were a higher seed than we were. We had to play UConn. You know, it's just we're 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 on that same level, but yet for some reason we're not getting the same respect, and we never do until we finally maybe get that ring. Maybe we never will. I mean, it seems like no matter what, whether we're in the Big East and we're right there, but we're still not. We're we're oh, you're Louisville. You're doing you're you're doing a good job, but you're not UConn because you're in the Big East with them. Then we go to the ACC, and it's oh well, you know. You're making progress. You're still you're becoming this pious, but you're not Notre Dame or now NC State or now and, and now yeah and now even without even a blink of an eye for some reason, we're being told we're not NC State. Who came and get to a freaking Final Four? Who came and figure out how to call timeouts properly in a clutch moments apparently in the last two years and came and get out of their own region, let alone be you know be the, what we are and be in our fifth Final Four or fourth Final Four in the last you know twelve years or whatever it is. No, I mean I'm no I'm saying sick of being in these shadows that we don't belong in. I'm sick of being told that we're, we're always going to, there's always that one team that's right above us. That's BS. It's crap. And we're going to flush it down the toilet tonight, starting with Don Staley. You know what? You know, it's a fad South Carolina basketball. That's a fad. And we're going to show you this out of, out of style, like disco come about eight o'clock tonight. You've given like three very fired up speeches that I wanted to just send to the team already today. <laughs> We've only been on the air for 47 minutes and you've already just like, I, I hope you're saving something for the five o'clock hour at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I mean, I'm ready to get out. As soon as we get done with the show, I'm, I'm going to stop, maybe grab something, a little small bite to eat on the way home, get home at least with good time. I got, I got a fantasy baseball draft going on during, during the game. But that's okay. Fancy, I, the way it's set up, I have no problem just concentrating on the game. I don't like that. It's all right. It'll be in the background. Let's just say for the first two hours of my fantasy draft, I probably won't get anybody I want because I'm not going to be paying attention. I'll be watching this game. I got the sickness out of me pretty much. Like 80%, I'm back to about 90% healthy, enough to where I can start, you know, I can I can smoke a little bit more now. Thank I, God. I'm getting ready. I'm getting worried pumped. about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the streak ended last night, by the way. Monday, Monday, <laughs> Monday streak ended last night. Okay. <laughs> it was only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time. And that's what Jeff Walls and this Louisville team is. Only a matter of time. We're getting the ring, and then finally we'll get the respect. And no better way to do it than knocking off the team that is a fad, 
and then knocking off the team that has been holding and holding over our heads. They supposedly are better than us because they are the team before us. No, this is our time. This is our era. This is our chance. I love it. That, that was rant number four right there. Done. You know what I don't like? Trevor threw off the vibes right after midnight last night. I'm, I'm calling you out now. I'm, put, I'm airing our dirty laundry on the show. Look, we're an honest radio show. We are. At 12.05 last night, I was still awake. Trevor texted me, and he missed Wordle. His Wordle streak came to an end. And also, not just you. Mary Rutherford missed Wordle today, too. I mean, it was The vibes were – you set the vibes – and I let you know that. I didn't even respond to the fact that you missed Wordle. I didn't – I showed you no sympathy. I was just like, great, the vibes are already thrown off. You threw them off. Five minutes into the day. When you got that text, did you automatically go, I'm going to do Wordle now? No. I oh, saved it did. for the morning. You did? You saved it for the morning. I was too tired. I, went, I couldn't focus. I need, I need, <laughs> I'm better at night. I'm better after midnight. That's, that's more of my wheelhouse. Well, that's, like, that's basically like 4 p.m. for the rest of the world <laughs> is, is your midnight. You're firing on all cylinders at that point I mean, it's in time. that when it's like 12 1. I'm like, ooh, Wordle time. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. Texas says, has South Carolina faced a defense as good as ours this season? How have they handled teams that pressure the ball as much as we do? We force more. Women's basketball, they need like some sort of Ken Palm. They need something that I can go to to find adjusted defensive efficiency stats and all that stuff because all you can find what is – What do you do with no Ken Palm? I know. Brother's lost. Well, I need – because like, I take – Like a minor without a light. It's true Like because I, <laughs> I think advanced statistics, I think those those numbers are far more relevant than numbers like – Total defense, you know, holding teams to whatever points per game. I think you can look at turnovers forced. We force more turnovers per game than any team that they've faced so far this season. So if you're looking for evidence of them being able to have it, handle like a havoc defense, there's not. We play more of a chaotic defensive style than just about anybody they've faced. They have, to their credit, I mean, South Carolina's 33-2 and this year, and their only two losses have come in the closing seconds by one point at Missouri – and then two against Kentucky in the SEC championship game on that last second three. Like, they've been a dominant team this year. But if you want to look at some sort of, I guess, we've played the same teams. They played Miami, who we played twice this year, and both times got great games. Miami knocked us out of the ACC tournament on the last second shot, and then we had to come from behind in the final minute to beat them during the regular season. They beat Miami by 16 but Miami's defense did a really good job against them. They held them to 49 points. They made them made it an ugly game. And then North Carolina, who we handled with a little bit more ease uh, the first time and then lost to them on their home floor. Carolina, North Carolina gave them a good game as well. 69-61 was the final score, and that was the one game where South Carolina had to come from behind a little bit. So I know they had more success against those two ACC opponents than we did, but both of those still gave them a little bit of trouble in different ways. I think you can look at that a little bit. I mean, we were better than, than UNC, I know, and, and Miami. I know even both of them beat us at various points, but we also beat them. I think we were clearly heads and shoulders better than them during the regular season. So that's really the only kind of comparative metric you can use in, in a game like this. I think South Carolina deserves to be the favorite. Their record, their numbers speak for themselves, but I also don't think it deserves to be nine and a half or eight and a half, wherever it is. It keeps climbing. Like more money just keeps coming in on USC and I think it's, I think maybe it's just people buying into the notion that whoever the top team in college basketball on the women's side is, is so far above everybody else that they're going to win every game by at least 15 points. I mean, that's what we became accustomed to with UConn. And then even when we had other dominant teams, the, the Baylor-Brittany Griner team that didn't lose to us, like they were beating everybody by 20. 
didn't matter if it was Final Four, didn't matter if it was national title game. Like we're used to seeing until the last few years, like blowouts in in the sport's biggest games because the best team has been so far uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. And I maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'll be proven wrong over the next three days. But I don't think South Carolina is that much better than Louisville, and I don't think they're that much better than the other two teams that are left standing either. But we'll find out if they are; they'll be able to prove it. No, I agree. By the way, I didn't. I just I don't know why. Two things: one, sports referencing is get a women's basketball page. You've you, you've mentioned this. Before. They need to get on this. You, they need to get accurate on the men's basketball page too. Well, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But we need to get a women's on here. And, and come on, they've only been doing the tournament since like '82, so there's a reason. I mean, there's no excuse not to have it on here. And in spite, and, and second. Even though they have been only determined since you know eighty two, which is still a good distance, Tennessee has made every tournament in its history. I knew that was. The, I thought they just missed that one is recently. Insane. Or did they sneak in at the last second? I guess they snuck in. I'm, I just went to just look up you know the this year's tournament on the Wikipedia page. That's the best thing I can do without going to a reference page. And it says Tennessee making the tournament this year has made every edition of the tournament. It may have been That's insane. It may have been I guess the twenty twenty season that was uh, where, where they weren't going to make it. Which didn't matter anyway. This. Well, I take it back. No, they looked like they were going to make it. There was one where they, I guess they snuck in uh, under, and it ended up getting Holly Warlick fired. I remember that. I guess it was her last year where they just like, they got in, but they weren't supposed to, and they lost in the first round. But I do remember that stat because that's nuts. It, it's almost as insane as UConn going to 14 straight Final Fours, which is just completely bonkers. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah. And you would think even if you were the best team in the sport, all of those years, which they haven't been. I mean, I don't think UConn, even if they win the national title this year, I don't think they're the best team in women's college basketball this season. But you would think even if you were, one of those years, at least one, you're just going to have a bad night against a team that plays off its ass. Like, like the, the, the best team doesn't win the men's or the women's tournament every single year. A lot of times they fall short of even getting to the Final Four. For UConn to have done it for 14 years, where a lot of those years they were the best team, but... It, especially the last like five or so they haven't been is just that's mind-blowing by the way tennessee making all 40 tournaments there there's other teams right up there louisville's made 24 of them really yes uh second second most tournaments made georgia and stanford tied at 35 okay georgia i wouldn't have guessed i, I wouldn't have I think, either if i can never see georgia ever talked about women's basketball do you stanford makes sense i mean i would have guessed stanford, uckon would be up UConn's there at 33 uh, Maryland, which had that really those really good teams in like uh, the nineties and two thousands, they're at twenty nine. North Carolina at twenty nine. I remember watching, you know, in the nineties North Carolina good. games. Yeah, uh, Louisiana Tech at twenty seven because of their obviously their success uh, in the eighties and nineties as well, and, and a lot of teams at twenty in the twenties, and then, as I mentioned, Louisville at twenty four. Tish says nine a.m. Uh, of the day is too late to be notified of where red day. Well, that was my. It was out there last yesterday. It became a thing yesterday. I just posted it on Card Chronicle this morning. Nine a.m. too late. Yeah, I just posted what? on Card Chronicle. We had stuff going on. I couldn't get, get to it last night. By the way, update. Cat update. Ready? <laughs> what update? Cat update. Oh, cat update. One. Sydney Purry's doing great. Burry. Killing it. Two. Perfect. Believe we found how Sydney Purry got into the house. Ooh. So we brought. I told you. You know, I I I walked the perimeter yesterday of the of the the crime scene. Couldn't find anything. I thought I knew where. It had gotten in. I think it was under the steps, but I, yeah, I was like, I, I can't. I'm not going to pull you these boards steps, off. You mean your your back have, porch? Steps. Yeah, we have steps to get up to the back porch yeah. on, on the side to towards our side door. So we called in our, our handyman, Brent Bissick. Brent Bissick. He's fantastic. He's awesome. Love him. Mm, give him the plugs over here on the radio. He deserves it. He's great. Yeah. He comes over and he's like, he's like, he, 
goes down to our basement. He looks at like the usual spots. He can't see any light coming in anywhere and he can't figure out what's going on. He's like, I'm going to have to go outside. We have, and I never would have thought to check here. We have the front of our house. We have like a bay window in our main room, our living room that kind of juts out a little bit. And he got underneath there and it's just wood underneath that bay window where it sticks out from the rest of the house. And about half of that wood was missing. And you, if you're a cat, you could easily climb right up there and that gets you into the ceiling of the roof and you can go over to where that cat ended up. Well, if that means the cat can do it, it means other. That's exactly right. Yeah. And also the fact that, because he was like, have you seen wood lying around? You know, it's, it's where we have the area mulched and we have some shrubs over there. He's like, did you ever see wood lying around here since you moved in this house? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> I mean, we mulch every single year around this area. We would have seen this. And he's like, well, this hole's been here since you moved in then. And it, like, honestly, I feel fortunate now that it was just a cat. Because imagine working in the middle of the day. Because I work down in the basement pretty much every day, and I have almost since we moved into this house. Imagine working down there, and then like, bam, possum in your lap, or oh, boom, man, raccoon was... claw in your face. Even a squirrel would be horrible. I could not handle that well. Cat was as as insane and jarring as that was. That's the the lesser of all these evils. That's the best possible scenario put, put, in this case. Put those in order: possum, raccoon, squirrel. Raccoon's worst, easily. I don't know if I think possum might be the one that would. Freak yeah, me out possums most. look weird and they hiss. They're not. They, they they they're almost always scared. Playing possums a real thing. Oh, there's a reason. I guess. <laughs> Raccoons will attack you. Raccoons will come after you, and they got the claws. They'll bite you. They're not afraid. They're gonna come after you. Raccoons one easily. Possums oh. two. <sighs> Squirrels are quick. But they won't come at you. They'll run away. They will, but then I, I, I got to get it at some point. That's the other part of this. I got to figure out how to get this thing out of there. Where's Cousin Eddie? He's eats these things. I'm almost thinking possums is, is the best case. They're the creepiest looking, and the hissing's going to get you. But you can, I mean, you see people just grab the tails of possums, pick them up, know, but and they just hold still. They're so creepy looking, though. They are. They really. The first time I saw one, it was right outside of our door, and I thought it was one of our, our neighbor Pam's cats. And I was like taking out the trash. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, kitty. And it looks up. And it's the biggest GD possum I've ever seen in my life, and it hisses at me. Uh, oh, there, there's, I was terrified to go outside the rest of the night. We've got a giant one in my neighborhood, and I swear I see it. Like the way my neighbors, like my neighbor's like a giant E, and I live like on in the middle of the neighborhood. My house is like okay. in, in the middle street of with two streets on each side of it. And so when I come on Westport Road, I come down one of the streets and I make it, you know, turn around. Uh-huh. And, come up to my, and when I come around every night, I see the same giant possum. Like it sees me, and it comes going into the sewer system. As soon as I come around, this thing is humongous, and it always freaks me out because I start thinking about you know letting my dogs out, and I'm getting a hold of it because they've killed many of rabbits and some other things as well in mm-hmm. my backyard, like yours, like you know yeah. yours does. And I, 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 just, I mean, it would creep me out. Like I, I get what you're saying, where for safety reasons, it's definitely not the worst. But in terms of like freaking me out, it would be possum. Like I would just I think I think honestly, Penny has gotten into it with so many possums that I've had to like pull her away from over the years <laughs> that it's just completely diminished my fear of possums because I'm so glad I haven't killed a possum. I it's just... probably happened like I'd say fifteen times, no fewer, maybe more. Where she's had a possum, po- like and it's it's a very distinct bark. I can always tell when she's quote unquote got something, and I'm usually just hoping that she's got it like on top of the fence or on top of the, the light poles in our backyard or on top of the garage. So I don't have to like be right there next to it to get her. <laughs> but usually she's got it trapped in a corner. It's got nowhere to go. And she's like lunging at it and it's hissing and it's, and I've got to like do the, the least manly look of all time where I'm like just trying to position myself behind Penny so I can snatch her and run away. But because of that, like 
I don't know. It, it's definitely lessened my fear of possum. Now I have she has there has been a raccoon coming right at me one time and I did not handle that well in the backyard. I definitely wouldn't handle that well. Awful. That, you ever had a bat come at you? No. Oh, that one I did. I didn't, I wouldn't have handled that well. Here's, here's a good story in the hour for you. When I used to live in I used to live in Cherokee over by the uh uh, what's that, that that cemetery over there off of uh, like, uh, Eastern Parkway? And, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Barry used to live directly across yeah, from it. Where People used, would get caught in there all the time. I lived in one of those like townhouses um, that was turned into apartments. Uh, okay, by, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right by the Highlands Florist and uh, uh-huh. where used to be. That's where uh, an apartment used to be. And uh, actually, it was one of my first apartments I lived with. My mom moved, uh, got her first place, and we went out there. I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. And, uh, I just never forget. She used to sleep with the windows open, and like one night she was like, "I swear she she said she saw something." I'm like, just like, like my well, mom, you're just you're, you're hallucinating. There's nothing in the house. So I'll never forget. One night we come home, and it's I'm I'm so excited. I get home. I never forget. I'm like ready to watch 90210 that night. It's like a Monday <laughs> night. I'm like, let's see what's <laughs> happening with Dylan and and Brenda, and you know, blah blah. blah. And we step was like this like basket up on the wall on the seal on the wall like a decorative like. You know, like throw a basket, weave the basket. And I was never forget my mom coming around the corner of the hallway. I'm like, don't move. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm just like standing there. She's like, 10 year old fat little, fat little Trevor, just like, just no, no, no bravery whatsoever, I might add. I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, just don't move. I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I'm watching now too well. Of course I'm not going to move for at least another 35 minutes. Aaron Spelling has me like enthralled. And she's like, look up. And I like look up and there's this bat just hanging like two feet from my head. Oh, God. Like, and I'm just like freaked out. And, she goes downstairs and gets our neighbors. That are, they, were, they were younger. They're probably in their 20s at the time. I thought they were the coolest people because they were in a band. And they're like, they come up and they're like, ready to catch it. And they, they like try to catch this bat. And it just starts flying around. And I'm just like the little, like running around screaming like a little girl. Yeah. I'm like, ah, it's, it's coming at me. I remember running out of the apartment, stopping in the hallway, turning around and look up. And the first thing I see is this bloodthirsty bat come coming at my head. I just ran in the neighbor's apartment. Don't even know who they are. Opened their front door and went in. I don't blame you. And the neighbor, the neighbor's like, "What is going on?" And I'm God. like, "I'm like, I'm not leaving your apartment." I, they eventually got it out of the hallway. It's still this day. I'm when bats freak me out. It's very traumatizing moment to young Trevor. It just reminds me. I don't know if you saw the video. Probably three, four years I ago. I watched uh, now to another. Of course. Yeah. Did you see the video like three, four years ago of this Irish family? A bad got into their house, and it's the. <laughs> I, I assume like the adult son is filming this, and it's his dad. Like she's like waving a blanket at. Him. He's like, <laughs> he's like, get it, Terry, get it. It's making a mockery of you, lad. And like he's just like he's like you're wearing him down like McGregor. Oh, it's yeah, it's so good. Awesome. The video is fantastic. By the way, that cemetery, oh, which I think is Cave called, Hill, right? Oh, oh, you're talking about Cave Hill. I thought you were talking about the one that's off of like Newburgh Road. No, this is the one that's okay, off of Okay, Cave Hill. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I thought you were talking about – Mary used to live right directly across when she lived on Newburgh Road and Shady Lane. I think it's called Eastern Cemetery and like the gigantic gate. She like lived right across from the front entrance. And somehow I guess people just didn't know that like it closed at a certain time. Probably like once a month at least somebody would get trapped in there. 
and you just like see somebody like like trying to climb over this gigantic Which fence, freak me out, and like, like waving dead, and be, exactly, the, the yeah, coming to life. And then like an hour later, you'd see some secu- poor security guard coming in, like unlocking the thing. The guy drives out, and then like they leave. But like it would happen all the time. You're like, hey, I'm like, I, there's nothing we can do to help you. I'm sorry, I can't unlock this gate. Anyways, we're we've gone over the top of the hour. We'll come back. I missed I'll, that apartment. That was a fun apartment. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I mean, sounds that like it. Yeah. <laughs> sounds fantastic. I love it. <laughs> sounds like a fantastic place to become a bat. Um, let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll start hour number two. We'll read more of your text. We'll mention the roster change that we now know is official on the men's basketball side. Also, some recruiting nuggets on the men's basketball side. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Final Four Friday rolls on after this. Are these just girl groups today? I was all about the ladies today. I like it. Ladies are on spotlight today. You're damn right. I mean, we had we had uh, the men's and women's names in the band yesterday. Correct. I didn't put that together. And I then, was wrong and, about. And, I and today, never got it. And today we're just all full fledged all about the ladies. We started out with a little Blackpink because we got to go with the K-pop. Then the Runaways, one of the first late all lady rock bands. And then we've got a little little Go Go's. I like this. I know we were on the same page on Monday. I really wish we were playing the late game tonight. I know. I and I know I just, most I people just want are, to just so I can have. To, I don't have to rush home. I, and, exactly. It's so quick. Yeah. I, I know most people are on the the flip side of us. I, I, there was a lot of complaining, especially after the first game went into overtime on Monday about how late we were going to have to stay up, and they you know, and they pushed the start time back to nine fifteen, and oh no. But for me, like one, like you said, we leave here when the show ends at six. I get home. I usually have to walk the dog if Mary hasn't done it already. You know, the kids are demanding attention. we got to start process with dinner with them. And then before I know it, it's like a snap of a finger and it's 7 o'clock. Well, I'm surprised it's later than that. Yeah, and, and then also, like, if you start a game at 7, like, we're in the middle of dinner, bath time, bed routine. Yeah. And it just kind of sucks. Whereas if you started at 9.30 tonight, kids would already be down. We could watch the game together. It would be nice little, like, old school CC headquarters, Mr. and Mrs. CC, watching the cards, being loud, being annoying, cheering together. Whereas now, I feel like it's going to be just tough to get everybody situated and understand that go cards game is taking precedence here. Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's focus. But hey, win, nobody cares. Play Sunday, we're all good. It's eight o'clock game, so I mean, championships at eight on Sunday, I believe. Is that right? I believe so. Let's talk about. Um, we'll get back to the women's basketball conversation, obviously, uh, here shortly. But we did have news on the men's basketball front, which uh, I think broke right before we were going on air. The last two days, each of the last two days, we've had news about a player from last year's team 
announcing that they are officially coming back for next season to start there. I feel like every day is like, well, what's those calendars at Christmas? You unload, you it's, yeah, it's like, a, like it, every day we have a new one. Advent calendar. Advent calendar. It's the advent calendar of our roster every day this week. And like one of them has like an X through them. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> Sam Williamson's gone. Yeah, because I think Sam... Transferring was, like Monday. was on Monday. Then we had a day break to celebrate the Elite Eight win on Tuesday. Mm. And then Wednesday, we had the news of Sidney Curry coming back. Yesterday, we had the news of L. Ellis coming yeah. back. And then right before we went on air today, we found out that officially, sophomore forward Matt Cross has entered into the transfer portal. Uh, he'll have three years remaining of eligibility at his next stop. I, I know that... Let me y- pick my job up for Hold on. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been... <laughs> Come on, yeah. I think this has been kind of a known thing since before the calendar flipped to 2022. <laughs> I think Mac was still a coach when this was going to be pretty much, much. Yeah. pretty much when Mac was telling him this is <laughs> this is why you sucked at Miami and kicking him out of practice. That was that's when I knew this season was going to be great. Was that Mac's last practice, by the way? It, no, unfortunately, it was far before that. Okay, I couldn't remember. I forget. Yeah, I was like, oh, he did. That's well, that doesn't sound good. This is. <laughs> Doesn't sound like something you should say to a player that's going to start the next game, which is exactly know. what happened. I don't know if it's as good, but it's right there with you're not getting me fired like you did the last guy. <laughs> I liked that one. That was a that good one was good. <laughs> that one, Mike McGee's knew what like, I supported that one. The this is why you bleeping sucked in Miami. <laughs> maybe not the best thing to say to a guy that you're going to be relying on heavily no, this season. Maybe not. But, but uh, Matt Cross, he's moving on. I, I believe somebody can fact check. I think he went to four different high schools in four years. Nice. This would make his now seventh different school in seven years, which is almost impressive. And at that point, if you've got impressive, if you've got three years, let's shoot for double digits, baby. Let, let's go for. I mean, ten different schools in ten years. I mean, use I, that. Use every year of extra eligibility you can. I'm seeing Providence, Boston College. You just and, assume he's going to the Northeast. Well, I mean, does it not seem almost like logical though? You just think that because he's a white guy. Well, that and he's from there. And he does kind of look like he should be playing for Boston I mean, College or, or UMass I or Rhode mean, Island. Yeah, Rhode, Rhode Island, there you go. He's, I mean, and he, yeah, and he's also from Boston. So, I mean, it's kind of hard not to, to like, just put my mind in that situation. But, yeah, I could see that being, yeah, I'm maybe not Providence. I'm going to see in Boston College next. Ed Cooley kicks his ass out of there in two days. Yeah, but well, I'm skipping Providence. I'm going Boston College next because they're desperate. But they're, they're, they find out they're not that desperate. So, he leaves there. Then he goes to... Rhode Island, and he, oh man, could you imagine Frank Martin with Matt Cross? Again, would never work. I mean, no. I, I mean, it would, he would, he might, he might actually, he might actually fight him. He might, he might beat him up. There's no might about it. <laughs> I mean, <there's, laughs> the thing that, that when we would talk about Matt Cross during the season, and I would kind of say, the word is from everybody who is anybody that follows Louisville basketball that he's, telling people, like, I'm gone, I'm not going to play here next year. People would say, well, he's already used his one year of immediate eligibility transfer. I would say to that, the NCAA is handing out waivers to pretty much anybody who applies for them. And Matt Cross would be, even under normal circumstances, a very eligible candidate for a waiver because his head coach left in the middle of the season. He played for the same interim coach during two different stints. Like, basically, he'd just be like, hey, Google Louisville basketball 2021-2022. I deserve a waiver to play immediately somewhere. I think he'll he shouldn't have much trouble being granted immediate eligibility for next season. Will help with the waiver if he's going back home too. That too. I mean, well, I mean, usually, usually that's when you go back near where you're from. That that's but that's for medical purposes. Like usually, not always medical. They sometimes he's homesick or maybe as a kid or not something. effectively. I don't know. Usually I mean, you have to say I've got a sick grandma or like my mom's been upset. Like the the thing now is if you're a kid, here's the, here's what you have to do. And is this totally exploiting this? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But all you have to do is say, like, a family member is having significant mental health issues, and you get to go back home, and they're going to give you a waiver because the NCAA knows how it's going to look if you deny it. Who was the kid that went from the the UK football player? They ended up not – I think it was Xavier Peters, was it, that – that was at Florida State and was like, I want to play at Kentucky. He's like, you need to get him, grant him waiver right away because he wants to come back and be closer to home. It's like, he's from Cincinnati. I mean, Grady Vance. I mean, let's, let's, come on. I mean, it's like, I, I guess Cincinnati's only like an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes from here, but there's multiple places he could play that's closer to home than Kentucky. Well, remember, he's from Cincinnati. Grady Vance entered the portal and was like, I've got sick family. I want to be closer to home. Yeah. He's from New Orleans, and he went to Florida State. Yeah, and you're like, well, I mean, is, it's like an hour <laughs> closer than it is from here. Which I can confirm is 12 hours from New Orleans. It's I'm driven there. Not, yeah. You, if you've got somebody who's genuinely sick and you're trying to make it home for an emergency, you ain't getting there from, no. from Tallahassee. No, I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, if it takes your whole day to drive, it's not going to happen. But Matt Cross, I, I mean, there were things, I, I don't want to totally just, just, poo-poo the young man because he did play with a fire and an energy especially yeah. early in the season that we really really needed he seemed like he was going to be a difference maker I mean I was driving the Matt Cross bandwagon for the first month and a half of the season because he was rebounding he was on the floor um, he was he made a huge shot against NC State I think you could say that's probably the biggest shot of the entire season and then you know, started I think having attitude issues with the staff got into it with with teammates got into it with with the coaching staff wasn't particularly well liked by i think most people within the program and maybe just as importantly as that if not more importantly than that he couldn't make an open shot i mean he was it felt like in the second half of the season that every time he had a wide open look for a corner three that was going to be a huge momentum builder for this team or or put a game away he just couldn't make it. He, he just could not knock down that shot. And he always played hard. He always rebounded well. He always competed. I think he can be – I think he still has the potential to be a fantastic college basketball player. If he finds the right home, if he gets his attitude in check and, and starts knocking down some open shots, he's got the skill set to be a good college basketball player at a relatively high-profile program. He's just got to cut out the, the, the nonsense, which I feel like is the case with like 75% of last year's roster here. Matt Cross at Iona? Patino kill him. I mean, I don't, maybe maybe that's just the jolt he needs, though. He would have to have a preseason conversation with him where he said, if you're going to come here, this is the way it's going to be. I mean, it's maybe what he needs because he's played for player coach. I mean, he need to have an Ellis Miles type Larry transition. Larry Mac are players coaches. I mean, they're more. Very fair. They're, they're, more, they're not your, your stern type of guys. And like we said, because of that, we feel like maybe a Frank Martin and Andy Cooley may literally kill the poor kid if given the chance. But, I mean, Patino's kind of in between more of the players coach and and, and hard ass coach. I mean, he's a player's coach if you do what he says. Exactly, and I could see that being the right move for. I mean, it's going back up to the Northeast. It's a it's a spot where I think he can have his flaws that we've seen and still excel at that level. I mean, nothing against the, the Mac or Iona, but he, he has the potential to be a great player. Yeah, there. I think it could be. I think it'd be a good move. And it's not. I mean, he's. It's not just if the outside shooting gets better. Obviously, it's going to make him a more productive player. But he's six seven. He handles it well enough. He's an athlete. Yeah, I think he's a terrific passer. I think he may have been the second-best passer on last year's team. Man. And he rebounds and he plays hard. The defense would have to get significantly better if he's ever going to play for Patino because well, that was the yeah. big thing. Yeah, was, that's true. And teams knew, even when he was rebounding well and even before he, he kind of started tapering off offensively, I mean, teams would just go right at him. You, you don't have to be a basketball expert to, to see what opponents were doing against Louisville when Matt Cross was in the game. It was, hey, whoever's 
whoever Matt Cross is guarding, you're coming up, you're setting the high pick and roll. We're, we're bringing you up top, we're getting the ball in your hands, or we're trying to get a mismatch with one of our guards up against this guy, and then we're going straight at him. So he would need to get significantly better on that and to play for a guy like Rick Pitino, or really anybody who's going to be, like you said, a non-players coach who's trying to get the most out of their kids by doing things, quote-unquote, the old-school way. But, I mean, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I, I wish it had turned out better here. I know for a fact, I've told this story before, he was kind of handpicked by Chris Mack. Like, Mack, I don't know if he saw something of himself in, in Matt game. Cross. <laughs> it was that, but, I mean, he also talked to people from – he liked him coming out of high school. Um, and he was told by, I think, pretty much everybody else on his staff, don't do this. Like, the things that we're hearing from Miami, the things that other people have said about him, not only do we think that he's not a great fit for what we're trying to do here stylistically, he's – just somebody who's probably not worth the risk to take. And Mac kind of rolled his eyes at everybody and said, like, I love the skill set. I can reach him. I can make him a great player here. And who knows? Like, maybe if the the first month suspension doesn't happen, things turn out differently for both Matt Cross and Chris Mack. My hunch is that that's not the case because if, if that's all it takes to break this so completely, then – it probably was going to take just a little bit of controversy or a little bit of uh, you know, something going slightly wrong for, for Cross to and Mac to butt heads. But it, it just it didn't work out. And at the end of the day, that happens with players. But now we know. We know officially. We talked about if, the, if that magic number that people keep tossing around there of, of Kenny Payne wanting to keep five players from last year's team is accurate, who's it going to be? Who are the last three going to be? Scratch one off the list. Mac Cross? Nope. Sam Williamson? Nope. Gabe Wisnitzer, nope. So now you're left with what? I think five names for three spots, if that's going to wind up being the case. And we'll see. We roll on. Also, more people, more buzz, more crystal ball predictions of Sky Clark going to Illinois. That's out there. I can't, like I said yesterday, I, I can't give you any sort of definitive inside information as far as Sky Clark's recruitment is concerned. Uh, I know people out there, somebody said Washington's the other top team. I haven't heard that from anybody else. I think Louisville's second right now. I think if something goes wrong with Illinois, Sky Clark could come to Louisville. But it definitely sounds like we're playing from behind here. You've got to, what you have, because now people are saying he's going to commit pretty soon. It's going to happen. What you have to hope happens is that you at least get him on campus for an official visit before he pulls the trigger and we can get him. Um, But that's kind of the latest there. We'll see. Did you watch the, uh, speaking of, because we got a, a Xavier decommit, people were talking about Terrell Ward as a kid that we've reached out to, could potentially commit here. Did you watch any of the NIT championship game last night? Yeah, I actually watched, uh, I didn't watch the whole game. I uh, got some food after work and then watched a little bit of, watched a little bit of Hulu. And then, uh, but I did turn on the last like five or six minutes of the game and enjoyed the, enjoyed the down, uh, the, the, the end stretch of the game. It was a fun game to watch at the end. Great game. I was a little surprised. Of course, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that we both picked the wrong opponent and wrong mm. winner. Well, we got, we nailed the final four games. That's all that matters. I mean, we were two for three. That's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a fun game to watch. I was, I told you, I didn't even realize that, uh, I hadn't watched these Xavier since this, this entire tournament really I hadn't watched much of NIT, but like my first initial thought was, I had no idea Vince Carter was the coach of Xavier. Like, I thought that was Vince Carter for a moment. Oh, Jonas Hayes? Yeah. He, he does look – There thicker. is a resemblance yeah, to Vince Carter. I can th- see he's it. a little thicker, but uh, – because I thought maybe Vince Carter put on a little weight. But I was like, hey, that's kind of odd, but okay. Good for Vince. You know, he's, I thought he was doing, you know, commercials with Devin Booker where they're making fun of Kentucky not going undefeated. But, hey, this is even better. 
turns out it wasn't him. Uh, unfortunately for, I guess, him or whoever, but I don't know. But it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch at the end. Is this just worst-case scenario for Sean Miller? Because when he gets named head coach, like, well, they kept showing him too. Oh, they, they like, did. Yeah, and they were I, like, don't, I don't think I saw that. They, they showed him a few times. They're like, he's, he must be like a GM watching his team, like, just get, get, get better. And da, da, da. I'm like, he was in the crowd. He was there. So when he gets hired, and keep in mind, like, we've talked about, like, they fired Travis Steele after he won the first NIT game. Was this the first round, right? First round yeah, game. They fire was. him. They hire Sean Miller relatively quickly. And he's he's conquering hero. The prodigal son's return. He's going to bring Xavier basketball back to prominence. Travis Steele sucked. And now we're great. But then Jonas Hayes takes this team, and they go on a fairly dominant run to win the NIT. So it's not just got to play to Georgia, was it? I don't know where he played. But all I know is he's the interim head coach of Xavier. Okay. He... Like they're now, Xavier fans are reacting to him kind of the way that we initially reacted to Mike Pegues when he took over and we played Duke and Carolina so closely, where it's like, hey, like we may have something here. Like I don't want him to be the full time head coach, but would love to keep him on staff. And now Sean Miller is in this this sort of weird position where the fan base is kind of saying, this just shows how bad Travis Steele was. Yeah, it's Jarvis Hayes' brother. Jarvis Hayes' brother? Yeah, and they play a Georgia guy. That's as soon as you said the name, I was like, wait a minute. Did not know that. That rings a bell. Yeah, that's Jarvis Hayes' brother. They played together at Georgia. I didn't know anything about him until these last three weeks. Okay. But he has, because Sean Miller now has been sort of forced to say, I've got a spot for this guy on my staff if he wants it. And Jonas Hayes is, like, he's kind of, his comments last night after the game, you know, they were like, do you want to stay at Xavier? You know, you love this place. And if you're him and you're saying, I just led this team to four straight wins over fairly high-profile opponents and a postseason championship. Make me a head coach somewhere else. I don't want to go back to being an assistant here, especially under a guy that I didn't sign up to, to coach under. Like I get it. It, it. It's already awkward for Sean Miller back in Cincinnati is what I'm trying to if say. If I'm Jonas Hayes, though, I mean, I don't know how long he's been. I mean, he couldn't have been that long. because I mean, if I remember him still playing it, like I said, at Georgia. Um, he played there, I guess, uh, 04. So he's been he's been out for a while. I mean, if anything, though, yeah, this is, you know, I can see where you think, you know, you've done a great job. you got the interim up. But if you could still spend maybe one year working under a guy like Sean Miller, who despite all you can say about him, maybe his unethical ways of handling things, is still a good coach. It's sure, still a good basketball sure. mind. I don't think it hurts. I, I think it would be, I, obviously, Sean Miller should keep him on the staff if he wants to stay on. Uh, if Jonas wants to move on, I wouldn't blame him that either, but. I would see no problem. If I'm, I'm Jonas Hayes, and despite what just happened, I'd be like, you know what? I can hang out for one year, learn some stuff under a guy like Sean Miller. He's a great coach. does a lot about basketball. Then maybe I, I look at taking that head coach of Justin Ross. Or if anything, maybe go to another assistant coach. I mean, just work your way back, continue up. But, I mean, this is obviously a good feather in the cap of him in terms of being head coach at some point down the road. Jonas He's still Hayes, a young guy. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No, his brother does, but he doesn't. Which is kind of bonkers like, which i love all the like when you search people all the seo just i had to confirm I can't use it the word is xavier page is how to confirm it was his yeah. yeah like like all these people who they'll do the thing where it's just Jonas hayes have a wikipedia everything to know about him like just trying to get shameless seo hits for traffic and it's like 17 of them and they've all popped up over the last 24 hours because i assume people have been google searching this guy to try to figure out what his deal is but he i mean i i, I see your point if, if he feels like it's too late in the game now to land one of these open head coaching jobs and he doesn't, there are worse things than – because Miller didn't just say, I've got a spot for him on my staff. He said, i got a spot for him as associate head coach. Like yeah, he would be my right-hand man. man. 
And one year, especially if you have success there, and then parlaying that into a, a bigger gig than you may be settling for in the, over the next month, not the worst thing in the world. Um, speaking, I mean, looking at his record, he after after leaving Georgia in 04, he he spent some years at, at Belmont Abbey, South Carolina State. And I applied to Belmont Abbey back in the day. Did you really? Because only because my dad's assistant at the, the newspaper when he was working for went to school there and spoke highly of it. So I went and applied for a scholarship to, in the journalism program and then decided I didn't want to go there. Okay, I'm glad you said because at first I thought it was just made up and they were just making a mockery. I'd never heard of it, but I wouldn't a have down, heard of it before. Downton Abbey, Downton Abbey, whatever it is. I thought that's what they were doing there. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> it's not downtown, it's Downton. Downton? Downton, yeah, something like that. By the way, Jarvis uh, Hayes is a assistant coach for at Georgia State. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. And they're both from Atlanta. I mean, yeah, if, I, if I'm Hayes, I mean, look, like I said, he's been Morehouse, he's been South Carolina State, he's been at Belmont Abbey for, for five years before now coming to Xavier. I mean, yeah, spend a year under I mean, If you play your cards right, your Hayes, I mean, I don't remember. I forget now. I already forgot who got the Georgia job, but it may be open in a couple of years again. Mike White, baby. It might be open in a couple of years again. We'll <laughs> see. That might be your job. Maybe play, play your cards right, Jonas. You could be the, you could be head coach at your, your, where you're from and your alma mater, Georgia, within the next five years. You know what else might be open in a couple of years? Georgia Tech. That's another one. Um, along the same lines, we mentioned his he name. He was born and raised in Atlanta. We mentioned his name, so a quick update uh, as far as Mike Begeese is concerned. And I think you and I kind of saw the writing on the wall here when it was announced last week that Pegese and Chris Caputo, the, the longtime assistant at Miami, were the finalists. I think we both kind of said, if they're putting this out there and they're not making any sort of move and Miami's still in the NCAA tournament, that leads me to believe that they want it to be Caputo. Because they've already talked to Begeese. They know he wants the job. If they, if he's their guy and they're dead set on hiring him, he's the head coach already. And sure enough, last night it becomes official. Uh, George Washington has hired Chris Caputo to be their new head coach. Is he in relation to Truman Caputo? No, well, that's not his last name. It's Truman Capote. <laughs> the guy who wrote the book about the Kansas murder? Yeah, Capote. <laughs> not Caputo. <laughs> So your joke failed on multiple levels. <laughs> Wasn't a good one to begin with, and the last names are completely different. Oh, come on. It was close enough. Caputo and Capote, not that close. Yeah, it's close enough. Three letters. It's, it's, it's close enough for I should get props for getting the reference of Capote. Not really. I mean, it's an author. Come on. me, Knowing me? It's a very well-known author. But it's me. Still, You're still wrong. You're, you're asking for brownie oh, points oh, for oh, being wrong. I'm looking up. The book's called In the Blood? In Cold Blood. Oh. Close. Good movie. Great movie. Remember we talked about how the, the the main actor wound up being an actual killer himself? Yeah, and I think, believe, wasn't it the, uh, the that was also the Kill Mockingbird came from that. Uh, Capote didn't write that book, but like, wasn't it like his sidekick or something wrote that book? I've told you this before, that there's the, the big rumor, I think I told you this off air, that the, the rumor for years has been that Truman Capote actually wrote To Kill a Mockingbird but it, for Harper White. Harper White, that's right. Thank you. Because she never really did anything of consequence after yeah. that. And she so was, it's, she was like, it's like associated they're, with him. Yeah. They're great friends. Yeah. And so the, the, the thought for a long time has always been he actually wrote it. I love the way I just distracted the show from there. Right you did with a bunch of just misinformation. Just, <laughs> you're just asking me to correct all your non sequiturs that are, are incorrect. That's, that's somehow fine. we went from George Washington hire a coach to Inco Blood and authors of Kansas books. So anyway, my point: Mike Begeese <laughs> did not get the job. I think he's still a candidate for a couple of other head coaching positions. I, there was also talk, kind of along the same lines of what we, I saw last night, 
Xavier people saying they'd be in favor of Pegues being brought back as an assistant head coach if Hayes chooses to go somewhere else or if he lands a head coaching job. And that would make sense. I mean, would you be okay with Payne bringing Pegues back as assistant coach at Louisville? Of course. I mean, it's not happening. But I, don't, I don't see it happening either. But I mean, would you be. I mean, if you're Pegues, you're okay with going back to being an assistant despite having the taste of, of head coaching in your mouth this, this season, right? I think so. Um, you know that maybe it, it, at worst you should be only maybe one or two years left as an assistant, possibly. But if if all goes according to plan, yeah. I, I think this one hurts because he had such significant ties back in that area. And if he was going to land a head coaching job at somewhere other than Delaware where he played, he this is one of the most likely. And the job seemed to open up at the perfect time for him. I wonder what Delaware's situation looks like. Uh, they had a good year. I mean, they, they made the NCAA tournament this year. So unless their head coach is moving on, Did I, they? I don't remember seeing them who they played. They played uh, Villanova in the first round. Oh, okay. I didn't even th- I didn't even realize it. Okay. Yeah, I don't Sorry. think that their head coach, whose name I don't know, um, is has moved on. Uh, Martin Inglesby is their head coach. Okay. Unless that job opens up, some school in the D.C. area would be his best shot at a head coaching job, and George Washington is like that perfect level. So I'm sure it hurts him to not get this gig. But I've also heard Miami of Ohio is an option for him. Wait, wait, wait one more year. Georgetown might be available. I don't think he's getting that job. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> but I have seen, like, Xavier people, multiple have said, like, would love to have him back on our bench if Hayes chooses not to take the associate coaching job. He would seem to make perfect sense there. And, you know, mm-hmm. he, I'm sure he has fond memories from being there. But I hope – I've said this before. I, I, I'm a Mike Pegues fan for life. I thought he couldn't I have – yeah. I wish we had won more games like everybody else down the stretch, but I, I thought he couldn't have handled a really, really bad situation with any more grace. And he also couldn't have been more respectful for – of the program that he was representing. I think I loved his clip even before, like when he got sent back down to being the associate head coach, when Matt came back where he's like yelling at the big men in practice. And he's like, he's like, you're getting out muscled by Furman and Navy. <laughs> and you've got Louisville across your bleeping chest, Louisville here, Louisville here, Louisville here. And like, just like, like, that's what I wanted to hear at that point in time, because they were not competing at all. And I think also the way that they went out left a, a good taste in, in all of our mouths, just as far as them competing Winning a game in the ACC tournament and then coming close to winning a second game, it was it was nice to see. It was a, it was at least a better ending than I think most of us thought we were going to get when the team headed for Brooklyn. Yeah, right, I, I think Piggy should get a job somewhere. I would love to see him get a shot. Same. Somewhere. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, a couple other men's basketball notes, a couple of other recruiting notes. Devin Ree, everybody talking about him. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll hit your t- the text line up as well, 502-414-1450. That coming up after the break here on the Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. When you first played this, when, it, when I heard the first note, I thought it was uh, "Cruel Summer," and I was about—I was just ready to be like, "It's gonna be a cruel summer for Aaliyah Boston <laughs> after she goes out tonight." I—I I was gonna—I mean, initially that was the, the banana ram I had queued up, and I was like, "But I played Cruel Summer before," which is—I mean, why yeah. not? It's a great song. It is. But I was like, I've done it before with Karate Kid stuff. 
I was like, let's go banana ranch. Let's, uh, let's I'm go good bananas. with it. I don't know why, but and you probably get this reference, but for some reason, every time I hear this song now, I think of the American Dad, where Roger like <laughs> takes over. You know what I'm talking about? I do, actually. Takes over the banana-like Republic country, and he makes it like their national anthem. And they do the, the dance. Everybody the, does, yeah. the guy does the dance. Like the he, running man dance. Yeah, yeah. He becomes like the world, the, the country's worst like dictator. Shockingly, I do get the reference, which yeah. is... You're one of the few people I know that like seven other people that are like, these guys, I got to hang with these guys. Everybody else is like, these guys are the worst. Well, they're making random season three references to American Dad. I also just checked my email to see that uh, that Aaliyah Boston has officially won the 2022 Ann Ann Myers-Drysdale Award, which is basically the, the National Player of the Year Award. So she's winning everything, and she's about to lose tonight. I'm currently getting a scam call from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I got one earlier today. Wow. So I get scam calls. I mean, this is not an exaggeration for a fact. I get probably seven a day. And usually it says, you know, it'll say like scam call or it'll be scam likely. Scam likely. Or it'll be from, you know, Podunk, Kentucky or somewhere in Florida, somewhere in South Dakota, some foreign country. I get, yeah, exactly. And honestly, if I don't have your number, I'm not answering the the phone. Leave a message. I'll call you back. Amen. if, If it's a real call. But today, I haven't done this in forever. But I've been talking, I had conversations with, with a few different people about different things. And I got a call from Minneapolis. And I'm thinking, this might be somebody from U of L who's just in town for the Final Four and they don't have their cell phone on them or they're, they're calling from a location. So I answer it. And sure enough, it's just like, you know, have you checked your car warranty? If not, like, I'm like, <laughs> hello, John Rutherford. Like, it's, John Rutherford. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that was what. But I, I, got, I did get a Minneapolis call and I was like, oh, this might be real. I'm going to answer this. And that's why I don't answer phones. I'm not answering this one, obviously, because I'm on the radio with you. But yeah, I mean, again, yeah, if, if, you, if I don't have your name and number, I'm with you. If, if, I save everything in my phone, by the way, which is, I mean, if I think I'm going to answer it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save your name in my phone, whether we're going to talk one time ever. Like I don't know, um, uh, the, the the just the just the cats guys, their names are saved in my phone. I only talked to them one time ever. <laughs> Big X legends. Big X legends. But yeah, so if you if you're gonna call me and I, if your name's not my phone, leave a message. The texture points out. I, I, I wonder if this was Jeff Wallace calling me for advice though. Could have been. He wants me to give him a speech. The texture points out. I said that my Ohio potential landing spot for Mike McGee's. They actually just hired Travis Steele. So Did they really? once again, keeping things in the family here, full circle. Uh, so that uh, I stand corrected. That job no longer open. Cradle of coaches. Not sure Travis still lives up to that. What are you guys doing? Come on. That's not Miami of Ohio's brand. They don't do reheats. Why they, would you hire? I mean, I don't what, get it. Because he just won the one game before he got fired. He was, I mean, no offense, Travis, but you weren't very good before that one game. Yeah. But I also said Harper White. It's Harper Lee. <laughs> you notice I didn't correct you? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, awful. Like everybody, like my, I'm, I'm sure if anybody in my family was listening, they're like, we don't claim this kid. Yeah, it's least, terrible. Yeah. I, I'm allowed to make those mistakes when it comes to authors. You're not. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Awful. Yeah, come on, dude, be better. Yeah, that's pretty. Bad. That's why you're Rutherford, not Rutherford. Texture says uh, message board rumor mill in full swing that Milt is going to be a full time assistant. I've seen this, and I know I think it was Jeremy Wallman from Cardinal Sports Zone. Put it out there last night. I think he said that Milt has been hired as a full-time assistant. There's been, I mean, the rumor for a long time has been Milt's going to be on the staff in some capacity, probably not as one of the three full-fledged assistants. And now the rumor has changed. Jeremy reported it. Apparently, according to the texter, the message boards are, are saying the same thing. 
We haven't had any sort of official announcement. My guess is we're probably not going to get an official announcement until the full staff can be revealed. And we can't reveal the full staff until Duke loses this thing because I think Nolan Smith is going to be a part of that. The question now becomes, I guess, if Milt, if this is true and he's going to be one of the the three full-time guys, who winds up being that third? I mentioned you know, Ashley Howard's a name that's been bandied around the last 48 hours or so. Um, I, I know Yasir Roseman from Indiana was being talked about hotly. He recently got a pay raise and was promoted to associate head coach at Indiana. That doesn't necessarily mean that he couldn't take this Louisville job. It seems to indicate that he wouldn't, but we'll see. And then uh, Jarrett Howard's still being talked about a, a little bit out there. So we'll find out, I would assume, sooner rather than later. I think next week we probably find out exactly what the staff is, and then maybe there's still some – I don't know, director of basketball operations, video coordinator, supports uh, staff jobs to, to fill out there. But we'll find out. How do you feel about Milt being a full-time assistant if this does wind up, in fact, being true? I'm glad you asked me this because I was going to tell you my opinion regardless. I figured. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not really not really big on it. Like, I have no problem. And I think Rashawn, who you can listen to tomorrow, tomorrow morning on these airways from 9 to 11. Wake up 502. Wake up 502. Um, has talked about it when he's been here with you and, and filled in with you or even been here with you. That you know, he's thought you know bringing Milt on as a staff is a great thing, and I have no problem with that. But in like a, you know, a director of operations role or something like that, that I'm okay with, and I have no problem with. I just this this doesn't. I mean, if this was if we're talking about bringing in like, if we're bringing if this was you know established coach coming in, and you want to bring Wagner in as one of your assistant coach spots, that's fine. You know, let's be honest, we're doing it to get your grandson. I mean, Calipari did it once before at Memphis. Calipari is that established coach at that point. They can give up kind of an assistant coach's spot to bring in a recruit. Patino's done it. We, even though we usually when he does it, we failed getting the recruit. We fire him a day later. Yeah, we fire him a day later. But <laughs> even Crumb's done it. Gremmett did it in the past in, in, in small ways. So, I mean, I have no problem with it doing it. It's, 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 a, it's a tale as old as time. But I just don't feel like this is the right position and the right time to do it, even to get a recruit. Like, we don't have you get what three assistant spots really basically yeah. and we kind of need all three i mean if we're not gonna we still haven't established we're gonna get somebody here with some more head coaching x and o experience and we desperately i think need that more than break i mean i have no problem bringing milk into the staff in in some way or another I mean, that, that i think it's actually a great idea to do even whether you get his grandson or not i'm okay with doing it just right now, year one, one of the three assistant coaches spots. I just don't think it's a. I just don't like. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good move. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm with you. I, I when he was being talked about as like a, I think special assistant was thrown out there. Some people said uh, Dobo. I was fine with that because we're like you said, we're, we're trying to get your grandson. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah. I know he's a Louisville legend. I know he's he has a close relationship with Kenny Payne. I know we're trying to get back to, you know, we're recapturing the magic of the 1980s and I guess early 90s. But he's the difference between like Eric Mobley at USC. Andy Enfield bringing him on staff was a thinly veiled ploy to get his two kids. Yeah. Namely Isaiah because he's he's better than Eric. But uh, Evan's not too bad either. Evan's Evan's fine. He's been a great player there. Yeah. But you want the guy who's potentially going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. True. And you also just got caught up in the FBI deal. And this is a legal way to make sure that you get those kids. But at the same time, like Eric Mobley was one of the biggest names on the AAU circuit. Like he's gotten them players besides his two kids. Plus, like, plus, Andy Enfield's taking a team to the Sweet Sixteen at this point. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying like as far as like the move to hire 
a family member to get a recruit. Yeah. Eric Mobley still had benefits besides just getting his two sons. Even if that was the, like he wouldn't have been a USC assistant if he wasn't going to bring his two kids. But at the same time, he'll probably hang around there even after his second son graduates because he's getting them other guys. He has, he had a whole lot of connections on the West coast. He ran that triple threat program, which is one of the biggest names in the AAU world. My issue with, with potentially bringing in Milt to do the same thing as a primary assistant is he hasn't been coaching for a decade. Has he coached? Has he done any kind of coaching since he left Memphis with Dwan? Yeah, he was at UTEP for four years and then Auburn for four years. But the last, so, so, wait a minute, let me get this straight. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Calipari brought him in to get Dwan, and then after Dwan left, he just pawned him off on Tony Barbie for the next decade. Well, no, he was at he stayed in Memphis for six years. Okay, he was there from 2000 through 2006, All right. and then he went to Auburn for four years with Barbie. or UTEP first. Auburn, UTEP for four years, and then Auburn for four years. So, yeah, kind of followed him around. But then after that stint was failed in 2014, he hasn't done anything, at least like full-time coaching. No, deal. like AU or Not to my knowledge. I, mean, I, I, I don't know either. I didn't even know he stayed that long in Memphis and, and followed Barbie around, to be honest with you. Nothing that's on his full-time bio. And I'm with you. So if we're trying, if we're doing this because we think he can help us in ways outside of getting DJ Wagner – I'm fine if we're going to have him on the staff in some form. But like you said, like this needs to be the, – the, the thing that was talked about by everybody when Kenny Payne was being rumored as the next head coach was awesome human being. He's going to get you talent. He's going to get you players. Everybody loves this dude in basketball circles. You won't hear a bad word about him. He will bridge men fences in Louisville between the Patino players and the Crum era and all that good stuff. He's going to need a fantastic staff is what everybody said. He's going to need a, a – killer staff and I think Nolan Smith is good he very highly regarded in basketball circles I think the other candidates that have been talked about as other assistants are all good there's not one besides the 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 failed Dennis Felton rumor where I've been like "Eh, I don't know about that but you need like two really other good assistants and and at least somebody with some more experience I mean at the end of the day I don't think it makes or breaks the program don't get me wrong but I'm kind of with you. If we could have gotten him in sort of a special assistant support staff role and kept one of those other two full-time assistant chairs open, then I, I would have preferred that. But I guess if this is the way it had to be, then it's the way it had I to mean, be. I mean, do we, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, we haven't filled, what, what's the staff look like right now? Because, I mean. Well, we don't, nothing right no, now. I couldn't remember. Okay, so I'm not just like brain farting that I've missed something. No, I, like, like I said, I think they're holding off on staff what? announcements until they can announce Everybody. Okay. At least the well, at least the three primary assistants. And keep in mind, last year's staff I confused with you know a drug used in heroin and and, and a coach from New Zealand. I'm remembering their names. So these, at the very <laughs> least, these names should be easier for you to remember for next year. I think you're gonna have a better time remembering no. the staff than you did this past year. I think I will, and I think I want to remember the staff more. Than I, would. I don't think I just I cared about last year's staff, and I, I and and honestly, when it was all said and done, did I have a reason to? Well, no. <laughs> okay. Besides Begees. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> uh, Texture says, but on, on the Mike Begees front, by the way, Butler job is open. The AD waited for the buyout to drop. I saw that. I was surprised Laval Jordan got fired, and they, they've basically been – I mean, it's, it, it is a stone-cold move by the AD. He makes them sit around and wait for three and a half weeks. They know that this date is coming up. They know Jordan's buyout drops significantly. But everybody has to keep doing their job. Like the staff is still out there recruiting. They're still working with the current players. And they're all knowing that this is a a potential thing that could happen. And then sure enough, April 1st hits, boom, you're gone. You're all out of jobs. 
And it's, I get it. It's a business. You're trying to make as much, save as much money as possible. You want to be able to have as many funds in, in your back pocket to pay whoever the next head coach is going to be. But man, that feels ruthless. Maybe it's Mike Pagese, though. Who knows? Uh, Texture says, Milt is a full-time, is shaky for me. He needs to bring more than just DJ from that Camden connection. Milt, for a few years, will probably make him a million in total, which I'd pay him as a fan just for what he did for us in the 80s. But this is a risk for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe, okay. I may be more lenient to being accepting of Milt as one of the three assistants if the other two are, I don't want to say blow my mind, but move the needle more. Like, the, let me know what these other two... Maybe I need to know the other two before I can tell you whether I'm not approving of Milt being one of the third. And maybe this is part of the reason why, because... If you tell me John Beeline's one of the other two, then you know what? Give me two other Milts. I don't care. Trevor, I'm going to have to just break this to you. John Beeline's not coming to... I'm just, I know you're going to keep bringing it up as an example. I'm never letting it go, by the way. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> never. Never! It's, it's not happening. Never! And maybe this is more than just you know, maybe bringing Milt on staff. That's, is, a, John, that's a John. Okay, I was looking at Jim for a second. <laughs> maybe this is more than just DJ because, as we've mentioned a couple of times, like three of the top ten players in that 2023 class are from that same general area up in New Jersey. I mean, the uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I know it's, his first name is McKenzie Mbako Mbako. I'll learn it if he commits for, here. Don't look at me for help. <laughs> he plays at that St. Bernard School up in New Jersey. He's the number three player in the class. Um, and then the number 10 player in the class is also from New Jersey. I don't think he plays at the same school, but I, my understanding is like Wagner and Payne and Purvis, who's up there coaching AAU, they all kind of have ties to these kids. So we'll see. I mean, even if you, how how weird would it be if we got Milt Wagner on staff, his kid still goes to play at Kentucky or Memphis, which is now the, the other big rumor, but the other two kids in the top 10 come to us (laughs) like, well, I guess it kind of worked. I mean, I'd be, I guess I'd be okay with that as long as they're, they're, as good as he is. Yeah. Uh, Texas, when, we, when we win a championship, I'll definitely be okay with it. Texas says, don't we need somebody younger than Milt? Well, if we have Nolan Smith, I think he fills the the young quota. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. So Nolan is kind of – really, it's only two spots that are mystery, right? Because Nolan's kind of the given one. Unless Milt is the, the other one, then it's just one spot that we're talking about. Then that's when we need kind of the most experienced coach. Yeah. To me. I, I agree. Um. Texture says the same texture earlier said, believe it or not, I agree with Trevor. I think this is on your milk take. I think most people oh, are wow. are kind of. Uh, I mean, because I agree with you too. <laughs> texture says just, uh, I'm not used to it. It's, it's a weird feeling. Texture says I'm with you on milk. I don't love it, but if you get Wagner and this kid, <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn how to pronounce this. Mbako is a. How would you pronounce M G B A K O? Paul Baco. I got it. M G B A K O. I think the M's probably silent, so I'll say Baco. Mbako. Baco. Wagner and Baco, uh, who is another kid that plays AAU for Purvis. That's a talent level UofL hasn't seen since Denny was coaching. He's the number three player in the 2023 class. Yeah, I mean, this is... Purvis Ellison's AAU coach in New Jersey. Yeah. So he's coaching all these kids, man. No, it's bad because he's from Georgia, though. I mean... He also, like, the, we never really... He didn't even played pro ball in New Jersey. He played at Washington. He played at Boston, I guess. But We never really talked about the fact that you know, that story came out where Purvis, I think Rick Bozich wrote it, and he's like, He's like, Chris Mack hasn't been able to, up here to visit any of my kids or talk to any of my kids. And then you went, people went back and they're like, well, yeah, he did. Like, like there's stories <laughs> about you talking about him coming up and visiting your kids from a couple years ago. So whatever. Uh, Texas says, hashtag BBH, bring Beeline home. <laughs> 
Texture says, make TK. It, it has so many meanings. It means so many different things. Texture says, TK moving needles again. <laughs> Texture says, Harper Lee, sigh. Apparently, the Trevor transition is continuing. Have you not eaten a salad lately? I'm not turning into Trevor. <laughs> this is going to be a long summer. People are going to keep saying this. I'm going to keep saying dumb stuff. I am very contagious. I just want you to know that. You, do, you have an infectious personality. I do. It's, it's a, a good thing. Good or bad. It depends well, on your perspective. I, typically a good thing. Uh, Texture says, hasn't Nolan Smith only been a full-time assistant for two years? Uh, yeah. I guess I He's been on staff for longer than that. How has it been since he played there? It's been a while. He graduated. He's, uh, he think, didn't play in NBA, I don't think. Would he play maybe in the G League or? He, he played for somebody. He was on a roster for a couple of years. Was he? He graduated college. I, th- I know the the na- he was on the national title team in 2010. I can't remember if that was his last year or if he graduated a year later. Because he... I, like, I remember where I was when he committed to Duke. I was in college. I was It was my senior year, so I'm guessing his freshman year was, was 07-08. Um, but I can't remember if he... Yeah, he apparently was with the Trailblazers from 11 to 13 for two years. in Idaho, okay. um, then clearly overseas in the D-League for a year, and he's been with Duke since 2000. So he's only 21. Well, he's been on staff since his playing career ended, but he hasn't been a full-time assistant since, okay. I think, just two years. Yeah, well, that would be from – then he would have joined in 16, would have been his playing career ending then. Yeah, he's been he's been a special assistant at Duke since 2016, which is kind of what yeah, we thought that that, yeah. that, um, that Mill Wagner was going to be. But then he was director of basketball operations and player mm-hmm. development, and now he's a full-fledged assistant. But he's – Spoken of highly, I think he has a lot of connections. I think he's a – you do need a young guy on the staff if you've got a head coach who's 55, um, another assistant who's even older, and then we'll see who the, the third assistant is. you you, you got to have a young guy for recruiting purposes, and Nolan certainly fills that that, that role. Agreed. Uh, Texas says, wildest rumor I've read so far is DJ Wagner transferring to Ballard. Cards fans are nuts. We need to calm down. I've heard that too. Greg Willis, new head coach, starting off with a bang, baby. Screw Ballard. Let's go to Wagner. Get him at like a get him at Wagner. Get him at Walden. Be a Wolverine. Coach O'Neill, get it done, baby. I have you know you can do it. I've heard the rumor too. I, I've got zero idea if if there's any legitimacy to it. But personally, I, uh, with, with the Carlos Hurt thing, I, I was thinking the exact same like thing. <laughs> I'm like, we've been down. Just go to prep school, DJ. If you're gonna come here, fine. But <laughs> we've yeah. we've done this once before and it didn't work out great. I mean, at least going to Bowers once, but that was a lot different going to Moore though. I mean. It was kind of shocking. Like when Moore was, the, I mean, when he got to Moore, and I don't know how much better it is now, but like they, they were at the point where, like the building's three floors, and they were like two of them are like condemned. Like when by the time when he was there, at one point Moore was like halfway broken down. I still uh, don't think they use the third floor more, do they? I have no idea. It's like just so emptied. Texture says Milt is our beeline for roll the ball out and let him run offense. We're good to go, boys. Um, Texture says Wade Houston as associate head coach. That's been a rumor too. Wade Houston would have to come back. Wade Houston would join the staff and help resurrect this. We need this, a five-star grandson. I tell you right now, it'd be the first step in in, in mending the fences of my of of the the Kelsey Houston family feud. You yeah you uh, you know oh you know I I, I won't you hold even, grudges Benedict Arnold. I won't. I still don't even acknowledge that tournament under his name last year or so. Maybe you've rubbed off on me again more than I think because when I did see him like when I saw him get off get off the plane. And Denny Crum was the first guy to give him a hug. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, this is awesome. This is the greatest thing. And when I saw that Wade was second and he was like taking the picture with him right when he got off the plane, I'm like, he didn't even go here. Like, like it was like, it was like Mean Girls. I'm like, I'm like you could have, you could have been a legend here. 
He doesn't even go here. He didn't even go here. I love the reference. <laughs> uh, apparently, you just confused more for Shawnee. Shawnee had the condemned third floor, not more. Not more. I could have sworn more was at one point pretty run. I mean, they were only like half the size of the building because it was the student inventory was so low. But Texture says, thank goodness Renner has left Ballard. He is the equivalent to Calipari in college. All that talent, only oh, one title. Lord. He got to a bunch of title games. Though. You know you, you know what's funny is people say something about Davenport at Ballard, too. Did they? I was thinking I was too Yeah, young, I mean, he, he, he lost with Allen Houston in the championship to Richie Farmer. Renner got that one early in his career, just like Cal, too. Or at least at Kentucky, early in his Kentucky career. Yeah, shout out to our guy, Greg Willis. St. Matthew's legend. Love his dad, Cam. That's right, babe. Great family, great people. Uh, he's the new head coach at Ballard, and apparently maybe he's getting DJ Wagner. We'll see. Uh, Texas says, Jawan Howard has Phil Martelli. Penny has Larry Brown. Who's Kenny Payne's guy? Well, that's been – We've been you We've been talking about it. We'd love to know, Texter. We would love to know. Texas will Coach K kick Nolan out of the Brotherhood for leaving. Now, once you're once you're a brother, you're a brother for life. <laughs> it's like the NWO. Yeah, for Inle- life. Unless you're Tommy Amaker and you can't be controlled. <laughs> no. Texas, if we get a one year tournament ban, are we going to be able to get any players to come here? Yeah, I mean, we'd get enough. The, thing, the other thing is, and this is not fair, but once again, if we if we get a one year tournament ban, we're not going to find out until October. So the players that are here, like they're not going to have a chance to go anywhere else. So no. we could get. I, I think we can still get some lower lower school transfer portals because even if there's a threat of not making the tournament, if you're coming from a mat, a lower level, a, a St. Peter's, there you still look at better chance of having more exposure playing at Louisville in the regular season. You do, but here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I think has to happen. I think you have fewer grad transfers. I think you have more guys who are second, third year players and have that one-time immediate eligibility transfer, I think that's where you go. Because they can play right away, but this isn't their one year at Louisville. They get another year after this where they're eligible for the NCAA tournament. I think that's who you wind up yeah. having to target. And then Matt Cross-like level players, you mean? And, yeah, and also in terms of eligibility. with this year's class, the 2022 class, you probably are going to have more success with guys like Devin Ree, who is being widely talked about as Kenny Payne's first commitment, who are lower-end top 100 players, who probably – are going to be two, three-year college players at the very least, then you are a guy like Sky Clark, who I'm sure, I know he's number 25 in the class, probably sees himself as a one-and-done type talent. Like You may have a harder time convincing those guys if you can't guarantee that we're going to be eligible for the tournament. Um, okay, we, we've talked over the 5 o'clock hour. We'll go to break. We'll come oh, back. Wow, it is. Yeah, more texts coming up, and then we'll get back into the – got to get Trevor back in his 3 o'clock mindset so he can give <laughs> these rants about the women's team taking down South Carolina tonight. He's going to get you pumped oh, up. Down. Hour number three is on the way next here on 1450 The Big X. Lowest song for the start of the five o'clock hour. It's bad. Oh, I like the song, but you, you 
It's been girl groups all day, but it's been like poppy, fun, upbeat. Like Mary texted me last uh, segment and said Virginia's shaking her booty to the Trevor's music. You can't shake your booty to this. Don't let Virginia listen to the last song. Well, I don't like that. (laughs) We don't know where Virginia out of nowhere just started doing this thing where she's like, first of all, she loves taking her pants off, and she's like, she's like, shake that booty. Shake that boot. We don't know where she came from. I don't know where this kid came from. She got it from you or, or Mary, which one? Neither one of us. We were both like the most reserved kids of all time. This child has no fear, no shyness. She's shaking her booty. We don't know where she hears these things. Well, I've had to go bangles because, first of all, Suzanne Hoff is on my Mount Rushmore. It's fine. I just want more upbeat. It's 5 but o'clock I, but, hour. I walk like Egyptian. I've done too many times. I can't do Manic Monday on a Friday. So, I mean. It feels like a Manic Friday now. I mean. I could have done their, their Hazy Shade of Winter remake, which is a really good one, by the way. We're trying to get fired up for South Carolina, and you're, you're bringing still. that for the 5 o'clock hour? Oh, Come no, on. it's Eternal Flame. I got the flame burning eternally, baby, because I'm going to Minneapolis. See, well, you're not, but you're here in Louisville. Twin Cities. <laughs> Woo! Target. Uh, here's what we need to do, because we've gotten so many texts. There's somebody actually here. They're probably like, what the hell is okay. going on in there? Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you for not thinking anybody's going to be here. We've been alone in this building the entire week. I hear somebody using the fact that between me singing Eternal Flame and then now just that, they're probably like, let's get the hell out of here now. The Big X spring break month <laughs> yeah. is, continues on here that we don't get to be a part of. Troy does still work here, right? I know I know Troy's in Florida. Okay. He, oh, oh, is he? Okay. he said that last Friday. Was, okay. I'm off to Florida because it's his kid's spring break. They were oh, going, okay. Except his daughter said she was too cool. She wasn't going to go with the family. <laughs> and she didn't. Oh, I wonder if she's throwing some parties at the, the Miles household right now. Texas play We Are Family, Sister Sledge. Yeah, I could. Texas says uh, Coach Crystal and Fentanyl will bring a brand new Coach feeling Crystal. to our offense and defense. <laughs> Crystal Fentanyl. Also, you were – more people have, have weighed in to say that you were wrong about more. I could have sworn Moore had issues. Well, the problem with your argument is you, we have several people now who say they went to Moore and there's only two floors. So your 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 statement about the third floor being contempt is maybe because they easily disprovable. <laughs> easily disproven. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. Well, the fact Moore only has two floors in itself shows the tiny high school. I mean, come on. Yeah. Here's what we're gonna do because we've had so many texts today, and I feel bad that we haven't gotten to many of them. So bad. We're going to spend the first part of this uh, this last hour text and then the last part we're going to try to recapture the energy and the emotion of our number one emotion baby where trevor was giving just spirited speeches about why we're going to beat south carolina tonight we'll talk about those games we'll make our picks we'll also i guess we'll make our predictions for uh the men's final four games for saturday we'll have a chance to talk about that on monday the national title game but i know it's kind of we we haven't talked about the men's final four at all today almost forgot i mean how, I'm also, how great is it for the women's sport that I've completely just kind of pushed aside the men's Final Four even going on? The only reason I haven't is because I've been having to write about it a little bit. So I guess, yeah, you got to. I mean, I have done nothing but thinking about the women's Final Four all week. Like, to me, the men's game, I mean, yeah, I'll watch it, but it hasn't been like, I can't wait till Saturday. I'll be excited about it when it comes. Just be, like I said, like I've probably been more focused on it than most Louisville fans because I've, people are paying me to write stuff about it. So I've done that. Nobody pays me. Well... <laughs> I'll pay you. Pay to be here. Uh, <laughs> Texture says, so we'll do some text here. 502-414-1450. Texture says, I got nervous when Trevor, I, I get nervous when Trevor makes guarantees. And also I would love 5OT for UConn Stanford. We don't have a, we don't have a great track record when you're, when you're feeling ex- insanely confident about games, at least during the Mike Rutherford show. Oh, well, that's not true. I felt utterly confident that we were going to get our butt kicked in the beginning of the football season. 
you did, but they're also I can't remember what game it was. There was a game that you guaranteed victory, I think in men's basketball, and it went poorly. Daryl's it down this year. You were confident. <laughs> I, mean, I, I will say this. You were very confident about the, the UCF Clemson. football game. I was confident about the Clemson game. We won that game. Well, in football? Basketball. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, it's the only one we won. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a lot of brownie points for us beating Clemson in men's basketball. <laughs> no, I mean, but, no wow. offense. No disrespect to Brad Brownell, but. Yeah, no, there is disrespect all over. <laughs> I know I'd have been, yeah. I mean, there's. Hey, sometimes they give me a false hope, but it's all right. Some, you know, it's okay. Shooters got to shoot, right? You 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 only miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. That's right. That's a Michael Squat quote. Michael Squat quote. Squat. Squat. Squall. <laughs> Squall. UK Fantaxter says, "You all will get smoked by USC tonight." Oh, how's that Princeton game treating you there, Kentucky? TJ Walker's texted in. Hey, TJ, another UK fan. Walsh can't win the big one, guys. Something to remember this weekend. Think we all know how it's going to go down tonight. Well, you spelled his name wrong. Step one. It's not like it's not like the dance. Jeff Walls. Not the Jeff Waltz. <laughs> so now I just don't take you seriously. If you can't get his name right. Yeah. Don't care. Texted Trevor's hatred of modern basketball just leads me to believe he's a closet Big Ten conference fan. <laughs> there is some truth to that. Not gonna lie. I do have I miss the old school days of feeding the post and getting the big man. And listen, I grew up. You miss everything about 1983. Well, just, just the, I mean, look at the 90s and, and the centers you had. You had, you know, obviously you had Lajuan in his prime. You had Ewings. You had, you know, I know this is going to sound weird to throw this in the name in there, but I loved him too. Rick Smiths. You had, you know, you had Shaq. You had, you know, a lot of great big men in the mid 80s or into the 90s. And I miss those days. That was the, that was the basketball I grew up with. Plus, it's the way I played at six three. I mean, I was still I played center. I wanted to I wanted to bang on the low block. I loved it. I mean, you're talking about when you were like twelve, by the way. When you said when you, when I played, oh, I played at least until like fifteen or sixteen. I mean, I didn't know you played in high school. I'm a freshman. You played for Wagner. I mean, I was try, I tried out for freshman ball. But that's about it. So you tried out or you played? I was. I think I I was on the team, but I never played. Yeah. Well. I, I still, mean, I still like the, the comparison. I didn't, I didn't even finish when I played. I didn't even finish the season. They got left like after like three games. That sounds about right. Yeah. About, uh, do you guys have a Texas? Do you guys have a full hour retrospective on the 1998 World Cup loss to Iran coming up at the top of the hour? Did you see the World Cup draw, Trevor? I feel like I can answer that question. <laughs> is this a rhetorical question? We now know what our what our group is. We qualified, though, didn't we? We qualified. Okay, good. Even though we lost 2 nothing to Costa Rica. We didn't lose 6 nothing. Oh, Costa Rica. How did we lose to Costa Rica? We don't, we're not great off American soil. At least we weren't during the qualifying Costa stage. Costa Rica sucks. Well, we only, they only beat us by two, which was good enough to keep yeah. us not just in the World Cup, but in Pot B, which I know means nothing to you. But we also now are in... I prefer Pot A. Well, I guess, it, is it Pot B or Pot 2? Whatever the second <laughs> Pot is, we're in that one. Hey, as long as we're Pot, I'm good. But now we know we're in Group B. Okay. Which also includes, are you ready for this? You're going to get, the thing is, you, you mock soccer, you don't like it, you're going to get fired up for this. No, no, I like soccer, don't get me wrong, but go on, tell me, you know, what we got here? We get to play England again. Ooh. Oh, Revolutionary War all oh, over again. England. All the jokes will be flying, and I'm, I'm here for oh, it. England. And the game's going to be played on Black Friday, the most American of all days, consumerism, <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> Gluttony, England, beating England and stuff. It's all happening. Oh, poor England! They're just, they're just, they're just, 
the were the the biggest the the, the country. Is there any a, a, a fan base that thinks they're so much better than their accomplishment show than England and soccer? It's coming home. I mean, they've been no, won, they've been winning things like nineteen sixty. That you're exactly right. I know I'm right. Sorry, your cold, stupid, wet rock is not producing the best soccer players in the world anymore. Ferdinand ain't walking through that door, baby. You're damn right. The rest of our group, though, it's actually a, it's a according to people who know more about soccer and than I do. Roy. My friends like the draw. We've got England. Okay, which we can compete with England. We've got us. We've got Iran. Well, they'll run. And then we have the winner of the European playoff, which I believe is Scotland versus Wales. Whoever wins that still, that's... Oh, we're good here. It's a competitive group. So it's us and England, basically. Not really. Iran, people, soccer experts keep saying it's not a terrible draw, but they're they're in great form right now. This is being played at a location relatively close to them. They'll have some support there. And they did beat us in the 1998 World Cup. So we can't just overlook Iran. That was 24 years ago. Still. The players we have now weren't even born then. Pedigree matters. Culture. Does anybody... <laughs> Iran. We didn't get the cutter group. They queue up flock of seagulls because they ain't going to Iran nothing. We also, I feel like... I don't, I don't know if it's been every year, the last like five times we've been in the World Cup. It just maybe just feels like it. Maybe it's only been the last two. I know it's been the last two. Will we have Ghana in our group? I feel like it's always... Ghana's been a pain in our ass. It's always... We'll beat them the last time, but it's always two UEFA powerhouses, European teams, and then Ghana. But this time, no Ghana. We got England. We got Iran. And then we got the winner of the European playoff. I'm okay with it. I think we're we're making it to the Sweet 16. Oh, we are. It's we're, not we're called getting, the Sweet 16, but we're going to the knockout, knockout stage. We're going to knockout stages, yeah. I'm feeling good about it. Oh, it's still going to be weird having this happen in November and December, though. Yeah. I miss summer going to... The, like, there's no better viewing experience outside of Louisville games when we're playing in the NCAA tournament than going to bars in the summer for World Cup matches that are big. Like I've I've done it 2014, 2010. It's it's awesome. I mean, we did it. You know, the last World Cup where KRC we adopted uh, Uruguay uh, because you know USA wasn't in it, so we adopted. And like we went up to well, me and TJ did. Nick's too cool to hang out with us, but we went up to you know classic. We went. We I I got us all Uruguay shirts off the internet, so we got it. We wore them up to the bar and watched us uh, watch them play a couple times. And unfortunately, they didn't do as well as we were hoping to. But still, I what what's what's the time zone on 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 guitar compared to us? So we're, we're like we're, different. I know. <laughs> hold, hold, hold on. I'm gonna. There's gonna be a second of silence while I go into the other room and smack Mike Rutherford for that sense comment. It's not East Coast. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Like, are we talking about starting at 3 a.m. or? It is Arabian Standard Time. Okay, can you can you give me a little more than that? They are. Uh, it looks like they. This is yeah. These are gonna be tough. These are they are seven hours ahead of us. So, so it's they're five. Bas- it's, they're basically on just right around England. Then England's five hours. England's ahead of five. Yeah. Um, Italy was five too when we were over there. I think. Ireland was five as well, but yeah. they're seven. I know England's five just from... So it's know. 12, 19 a.m. on Saturday, technically, there right now. So if they're playing matches at like... We're going to hope for some late... Well, they're playing matches at like five o'clock there, then it's going to be noon here, roughly. But I think they're going to have to play like matches, and we're the, the least two people should be talking about this. We don't know. But they have to do them earlier, the better, because of the, the, the heat, right? Exactly. Yeah. I think earlier or later. Or later. No, later would be more sense. So, well, that's good for us then, because if they're playing at 7 o'clock, that means you're talking about 2 o'clock. Either. Exactly. I think this could end up working out okay. It's yeah, not like the, okay. 
was it the I think the 2002 World Cup where it was in South Korea where it was starting at like three in the morning exactly yeah. all the American matches were like which me and 1 my roommate were like, getting up every God. morning at like well I'm not getting up let me phrase still we were, up we were still up. we weren't going to bed just yet and stayed up for those yes yeah so that's okay that time zone I'm okay with that with but I agree with you I'm, I wish let's get it on because I mean I just I want to yeah I'm ready for this World Cup to start I miss I've got feet I, I bought FIFA 22 already. I'm ready to get focused. I'm getting the mood. I mean, every four years, I really get into the FIFA mode. Guys, I, I'm going going to go ahead and let you in on a, a sad secret here. I can't say any of your Iran jokes that are on the text line oh. on the show. <laughs> Think of an Iran joke in your head if you're listening to the show right now and trying to get an idea of what the text line looks like. It's probably on the text line. Like, that's just imagine we're saying them. Um, Good thing I don't read the text line because, you know, I'd probably read it. You would. Without even thinking hesitation, more likely I would. You would. Text says Peyton Sativa. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name for a cat. Uh, I had a cat named Sativa. Texas says the fact that you're missing Mike is that Trevor doesn't have a track record at being confident with women's basketball, at least on record. So we're going to win, baby. We're going to win. 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 Ha <laughs> ha. Texture says... Hurry up, ladies. There's dozens of people waiting for the game to start. <laughs> texture says the waltz text had to be a voice-to-text error. Please forgive that texture. Grace, love you all. Well, no, it's TJ Walker. So, so I, yeah. there's no forgiveness necessary. He's a UK fan. Listen to him every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9, Kentucky Roll Call, and then again at 9 to 11 until we find another uh, show that we can put on at that time slot for three days. For a brief moment. Did you see Michael Bennett tried to do like a Matt Jones uh, April Fool's? What was his April Fool's? I'm back on the radio. They, so he hates Matt Jones. Does he? And he like took a he posted a picture that he had with him and Matt, and he's like, "Just got word that Matt Jones wants me to host KSR tomorrow. Like, what a nice guy and a giving guy. Like, I can't like can't wait to be a part of it. Like, just it was a bad look. <laughs> that was a bad look. awful joke. And everybody was like, "Dude, you're obsessed with this guy. Well, it's Matt. That's not that bad guy. Big X legend, Michael Bennett. <laughs> Texas. How many times should the team watch the Patriot prior to the England game? How do you feel about the movie The Patriot? I'm going to ask you that before I say something. I've never watched it. You've never seen The Patriot? I don't think I, I know it. Obviously, I know of it, but I've never actually watched it. No. Mary Rutherford loves it. I hate it. I think it's such That's a bad movie. Not not Mel Gibson, right? It is Mel Gibson. Okay, it's Mel Gibson. He's okay. the Patriot. <laughs> I've seen Brave. I actually take that back. I've never actually watched Braveheart from start to finish. I've seen enough of it. Another movie. Like now, here come the oh, Rutherford hates America text. I also don't care for Braveheart. I mean, I've seen enough of it to know I've seen. Uh, I, I, what's, what's the uh, what's the old play by play? I've seen enough to say I've seen too much. Put me to bed. Uh, I've seen enough. You know what I'm talking about? I do. I can't remember who says it now. I can't remember who's the play by play uses that. But I think it's off of League of Their Own. Actually, is where I got that from. But the, yeah, I've seen enough Braveheart that I know I've seen too much, and I've seen enough. It's just not not my thing. Uh, yeah, I've seen it. I mean, it's okay. Texas, hey, Mike, I heard KP is keeping five or six from this current roster. We know Curry and L are staying. If you could choose, who would you want the other three or four to be? We did this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I went with, um, if, we're, if we're keeping the number at five, I want Wheeler, Jalen Withers, and um, who am I forgetting? Uh, trainer. No. no, you said trainer. I said somebody else for my third. Withers, Wheeler, and Mike James. Yes, yes, James. And right. Trevor said Mike James, uh, Jalen Withers, and JJ Trainer. Yeah. I think that it's probably going to be Trainer, James, and I couldn't tell you the fifth one, Withers or Wheeler. I think those, some combination of that group of four 
is who Withers you're going is to definitely the most curious one because he, that's someone who is definitely going to have a lot of options if he does transfer. I think so too. I mean, I think I mean, people not, would, not that Wheeler or anybody else wouldn't, but Withers, I think, is definitely has more options if he wants to transfer. The thing about Withers is as disappointing as his past season was and as you know just kind of okay as he was his first year two seasons ago his highlight tape is going to be unreal because when he makes plays he looks spectacular like he hits some shots where you're like dudes that size aren't supposed to be able to do that and coaches are going to see that and they're going to say like i don't i don't care why his numbers were so low i don't care about the turnovers i don't care about him disappearing sometimes from game if he can do this we can get more out of him like he's like he would have big time offers i guarantee if he entered the portal i could see charlotte just coming at him big time being like listen come back here be a star doesn't care about basketball anymore they've given up they don't care the fact that ever since they dropped the uncc and diego avara left (laughs) bobby lutz Texture says, of all the transfers and potential transfers from U of L, which would you be most concerned that you would cross paths with in the future? <laughs> as far as like guys who might light us up, that might let leave. No, none of them. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, but no. I'd say Sam because I think Sam has still has ability. Like I, I still think he could be a not like a 20 point per game score at, at a Power Five conference program. But if he did go to like all the rumors are he's going to go somewhere in Texas. If he went to like TCU. I can see him being a well, thirteen and eight guy, fourteen and eight guy, and he just like lights up Louisville in the NCAA tournament. Or I mean, something. I could see Locke do it happening. Locke happening to us. I don't think I don't think Noah's going anywhere. I mean, if he does go somewhere, well, you mean not going collegiately? Mean yeah, I, I think he's done college with with college basketball. Like, but I could just, we'll see. I could see him, that'd be our luck is if he did go somewhere and then we end up playing him in like the regular season. That'd be the game he goes like eight of nine from three point land. I could see, yeah. Wouldn't shock me one bit. Texas says Bruce Wayne and Trevor handled their traumatic childhood experiences with bats very differently. Well, Bruce Wayne's traumatic experience watching his parents get murdered, though. Somebody sent a. Well, no, his experience with bats, though, was depending on. Which origin story you're, you're like? He was like I guess, a, yeah, a hole filled with bats. That means he got so many weird origin stories, I know. and it's so, it's so messed up. What was it? He fell into a hole, and there were all these bats in there, and he, it was his biggest biggest fear as a kid. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that part. Yeah, they were dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. It's a great line. My favorite. See you around, kid. Um, somebody sent in an, a Photoshop of you wearing a Eagles hat with Louisville across your chest as Jackie Robinson. I think is is what is what that is. I think I don't I don't know what this is in reference to. Is it a fifty six? Oh, or, or, or are you DiMaggio? You're, you're DiMaggio coming through the, the yeah. Is that me coming through the fifty? Yeah, the hit. Yeah, with Louisville right? across your across your chest. Why is my DiMaggio? No idea. Why am I DiMaggio? This was from like an hour and a half ago. So I've got no idea what we were talking about. I about to, did I talk about anything? With, I guess I talked baseball a little bit. Did I? Did I bring up my fantasy draft on here, or was that yeah? That's, that year? may have been what it was. I don't remember if that was on or off the air. We were talking about that now. Texas transfer portals out of control. Coaches have to worry about keeping every player happy all the time. It will actually get more coaches fired. See, I don't think coaches even care anymore. Like coaches, they've kind of gotten to the point where, and you've heard coaches say this now, like back in the day, they'd give a guy who's maybe their eighth man, you know, a token five minutes, even if they didn't think it was going to help the team just to keep him him happy and, and keep him around. And now they just don't care because they're like, we can play a guy 25 minutes a game and he still might leave. Like, like he still might just, just bounce on us. We, they, yeah. They're like, I'm just going to coach the way that I think is the best for success in the current season. And then whatever happens is going to happen. And if we have lose a bunch of guys, Hey, guess what? We can go out and get a bunch of other guys now too. There's a give and a take, but I mean, it's a different game. You got to figure out how to play it. 
Texas taking my mother to a dank metal show in June. Should I play it safe and get seats for us or get us on the floor and see what happens? You should get seats. Hold, hold, hold on. Where? Taking my mother to a dank metal show in June. What's a dank metal show? I'm assuming it's some sort of heavy metal music show. I mean, I know what dank is. I know what metal did, show is. I, Based on those two words, I would say get seats and don't, don't, don't go on the floor. I mean, it seems like the safe play. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's a text I wish we had more than 32 minutes to talk about. Same. <laughs> okay. On any other day. Hey, yeah. We'll <laughs> revisit that in late May. Yeah. That's, that, that is a 3.30 summer text right there. <laughs> text says, sorry if I missed this in previous shows, but is it a sure thing that Nolan Smith isn't being retained by Shire? I, I don't know if it's him being not retained by Shire so much as it is him leaving their staff or our staff. I feel like if he doesn't hire Nolan Smith now, that'd be more of a shock than anything. Yeah, it's like, almost become like given that he's... But in the same way that it was almost like given that it was going to be Kenny Payne as the head coach. Right. There are no guarantees, like, but I, I would be... I'll just say this. I, I would be very, very surprised at this yeah. point if, if Nolan Smith's not on staff. I would too. Texas mom and the mosh pit's the only way. Mom and the mosh pit. Oh, the the so this Dermaggio was in reference to your smoking streak. Oh, <laughs> oh God, good. that is now, good. Now, now, unfortunately, you had to explain it. I'm sorry you had to, but once explained, very, very good. good, very good, excellent. <laughs> Texas. At what point into the year should we expect the men's basketball roster to be completed? Let's just say starting <laughs> April 5th after the season ending. What would be an ideal end date that Payne would have his roster completed? This is one of those. Be April fifth. I tell you that much. Well, no, it's an impossible question to answer because guys are going to you're going to have the transfer portal stuff continuing, and then also now the you know pulling your name out of the NBA draft date is so much later. I think it's like it's like late May now. So you're going to two weeks before the draft, isn't it? it's, It's super late. Yeah. So you're going to have some guys that are high profile players that in one fell swoop say not only am i not going to the draft but i'm not going back to the school that i was playing for i mean the transfer portal come get me i mean last year our roster wasn't finalized until june uh, Sidney curry didn't sign with louisville until june he missed the first uh, summer session and got here late like i at this point the timeline is is harder to predict than ever i think you'll have the majority the of your gone, roster i don't yeah. want it to be that way though i'd rather it be sooner well, than sure that, Every, everybody would I think you'll have the majority of your roster set by, I don't know, a little bit after Derby, I guess, like like second or third week of May. But I can see Kenny Payne being a guy who keeps a couple of spots open just because he knows that there are going to be some high-profile names coming available in late May, early June. It's just the way it, it's the way it is now. So it's just hang in there. We'll see. And these 2022 kids, there are a lot of them available now because everybody's decommitting. I just feel like anybody past that point Leaving would be just an added bonus. Like I feel like you should have your core though before then. Derby time. I'm, I'm with you. And if you then, like you said, yeah, you're right. Have a spot or two maybe open, and then if you add anybody else, it's just just icing on the cake. Texas, wait. You're telling me that TK pulled a Matt Cross at Miami on his own team growing up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The only difference is no one noticed. <laughs> Like, I, like I, I, I swear I don't think anybody even paid attention. Because it was three, me and two of my buddies made the brawl on the team, and we were, like, at the end of the, the line. To the point where my one of my buddies, uh, I'm not going to say his name because he may listen. He knows who he is. He's out there. Good good guy. You know who you, you are. You know who you are. 
uh, was most more more famously known for the fact that his boxers were longer than his basketball shorts. Why is he wearing boxers to play basketball? No, because we weren't playing anyway. Still. We weren't getting in, and the way he actually got in later on in the season and actually scored on the wrong basket. Well, <laughs> this sounds like a if, if this sounds there, like a team that didn't have a whole lot of success. If you're out there listening, John, I love you still. Sorry, we, we for love bringing you, that up, Bringing that up. Have you seen? There's a we officially have the first picture of Kenny Payne. With a card chronicle bird mask. I saw that. Yes, I saw it on your Twitter account, I believe. My girl Jay Bird on on Twitter. She also has the the best shit. Uh, oh, dump that. I don't have a dump button here. Oh no, I said it. It's Freudian slip. Oh, because please don't get us in trouble. <laughs> We're fine. All right. We're fine. If we haven't gotten into trouble yet, then that slip-up is not going to be. I think we've come farther across the line with actually saying a curse word in, in, in the show's time. Believe it or not, that's the first time I've done that on radio since I've been doing it like full-time. First time I've had a slip-up like that. Uh, she, has, she has the best shirt that I could see. The reason why I said that word is because on the front of the shirt, it says <laughs> Speak slowly. It says the bad news birds going yeah, off of that, that quote from Haley Van Lith saying we're kind of like the bad news bears. And then on the back, it says win this S word. Yeah. Which was the the Haley Van Lith quote. That is the only thing. I remember I, t- I told you earlier watching SportsCenter last night and wanting to I always not turn it on because I want to hear him talk about the Cardinals. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't get much of it. And when they did bring us up, all they did was mention was, you know, oh, Lobel's got Haley Van Lift. She's, you know, she's spunky and she's going to drop some, some. It's all anybody's going to say yeah, about it. And that's all this, and then they moved on. I was like, that's all we got. Nothing about her as a player. Uh, I think they may have slightly mentioned the 20 points over, you know, each game, which is fine, but I mean, that's it. I mean, no, I mean, I, if I, somewhere, I don't know where he's buried. Get a shovel, get a crane, get Rodney Dangerfield's body buried and pulled up, get 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 some life back in the man, because A, he was a great freaking comic. Love Rodney Dangerfield. Loved Easy Money. No respect. This is us right now. We're getting no freaking respect. We're getting no go love. We're just getting overlooked. We're getting treated like stepchilds. And we're not stepchilds. We are the leaders. We are we are champions. And this is our time. Down here. In Minneapolis. Our time down here. It's our time down here. There it's that. UConn's had their day. Stanford's had their day. South Carolina has had their day. Their day is over. Today is our time. I was hoping we could save this for the end segment, but I'm glad we got it there. I got another one. You've got like three left in you. You've, You've had like five already today, so I'm feeling pretty good about this. Um, Texture says, what about flock of seagulls jokes? I already said that one. You did. I did. I used that one. Texture said, I would love to hear a three-hour pod of you two talking soccer. <laughs> I like soccer. I actually do. I do, too. Do I know much about it? No. Same. But most people are probably going, well, you know, crap about basketball, too, and he still talks about that for three hours. I was the classic, <laughs> like, in high school and stuff, like, Soccer sucks, and you know it's for hey, the kids who aren't good at other sports. Yep, right there with you. And I'll be honest, I started getting into soccer just when so like a handful of my best friends were on the soccer team at Trinity, and I started going to their games like junior senior year, and kind of got into. I didn't know any of the rules. I just booed when the ref gave the ball to the other team, <laughs> and then they kind of started getting me in on like watching soccer, 
And I still like, like I said, like I'm not getting up Saturday mornings and watching Premier League or anything no, like that. No, no. But I do love following the the men's national team during qualifying and watching them in the World Cup. Obviously, when they get there, and the women's national team when they're playing in, in World Cup or the other. And I've even started watching you know the Gold Cup and the other tournaments yeah. that they have, and just figuring out like how the sport works. It's it's been fun. Yeah. I like it. I was the same way growing up. I thought soccer was dumb. Thought it was stupid, boring. They don't use their hands. Blah blah blah. All the all the things. You know, right. All the American. Yeah. 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 And I want to say, is when I got it was I, the World Cup we talked about that was in like South Korea or North Korea, whichever one it was. South. You know, They're not giving it to the North. I forget which. I always get them two mixed up. The <laughs> bad one of the Koreas. The, the one that doesn't have a dictatorship. Yeah, I, I do the confusion the same with Vietnam too. The good Korea. The good Korea. The good Korea. <laughs> uh, which was that? Was that two thousand or was, was that oh two? Oh two. So it was ninety eight. The ninety eight World Cup is when I started kind of getting into. And it's because I got like um, uh, the FIFA game on Super Nintendo, and I'd play with England. I'd play with like I, I dropped Ferdinand's name, Venice Deroy, mm-hmm. those guys, those names that I remember from the late nineties. And uh, I started getting into it video game wise. That's when I started learning, like you learning the rules, learning actually knowing you know what offsides. It took forever to learn what offsides was, and and I started yeah more and more got into it. I'm not at the point where I'm one hundred percent like you. Where I'm not watching, you know, the premiere stuff on Saturday mornings on NBC, but I know the teams now. Yeah. And when I worked at the country club, I worked, uh, everybody in our kitchen was, I mean, was Russian. So soccer was all they talked about 24-7. And they would come down and they were, Ed was our head cook. Nice guy to a degree. And was a big Chelsea fan and would just talk about Chelsea nonstop. And so I started getting more into soccer then. And I, I appreciate soccer. I just don't. I'm just not a diehard fan. There you go. I was wondering how long that was going to go. Just, ma- just make that point. Texter what really wants me to say this because they've sent it in twice now. Go Trevor. <laughs> go Trevor. Go Cards. Okay. They're excited. That you're getting people fired I'm up. Getting, come on. They're excited. About get it. up, people. Get up, Texters. I want exclamation points on every freaking text that comes in from now until six o'clock. Texter says, "Does Trevor get the Goonies reference, or is he just spiraling?" He gets it. Which can you reference? I missed it. Well, then he didn't get it. The It's our time down here. Oh, okay. Yes, our time down here. Their time. Yeah. I love Goonies. Takes an alert level for HVL using the Sham God tonight. Oh, it'd be wonderful. Hmm? Please do it. The Sham God. God Sham God? Yeah. He's, there's a, a move named after him. Oh, I didn't know there was a move named after him. Yeah. Basically, it's where you like you leave the ball in front of you, and when a defender reaches for it, you kind of do like a little one-handed crossover move. move I didn't know that him. was I didn't know Yeah, it's called the Sham God. Takes a special episode of CC Podcast. Y'all do a Premier League game. Nobody wants to hear that. No. Nobody wants to hear that. Texas Trevor speeches are getting me through my workout. I'm about to run through a brick wall. You're damn right. <laughs> That's right. Texas, what do you want to get out of the spring game on Sunday? Not the, not the time. Really? Feel, see the room. Feel the <laughs> Read the room there, Texter. No injuries. That's the answer, yeah, as the always. You know what I want to get to the spring game on Sunday? The thought that I'm going to watch Louisville win a national championship and later that night. Damn that's right. That's what I want to get to the spring game. Another texter says, go Trevor, go Cards. <laughs> texter says, yes, yes, yes. All exclamation points. TK, now go sit down and have a smoke after that. I need a smoke. He's got another segment coming up. Texter says, F yeah, Trevor spiraling, go Cards. A lot of exclamation points there. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, <laughs> we'll... exclamation points, Texas. Drive Rutherford insane. It's coming up next. We're going to get excited about this. We're going to wrap up the show. We'll talk about the game tonight, what we want to see. Well, we know what we want to see, what we expect to see. Trevor's going to give one last fired-up speech. We'll make our predictions. We'll also pick the men's games before we get into that. That's coming up after the break here as we wrap up the Friday edition, Final Four Friday, here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Get pumped, Eternal Flame! This burning. 
Why did you pick this song? Yeah, I'm pumped. Imagining the last segment to start. Although the red. Oh, I can see this playing right now in the locker room, baby. Cause baby, it's yours, all yours. If you want it tonight, I'll give you the red light special all through the night. We're giving the red light special to South Carolina. Even though they have red in their school colors, too. This garnet. Garnet's not red. No, it's all tonight. Red light. Is ain't Garnet's light special? Red light special. Why is this video said the dirty version? There's a regular, there's a non-dirty version of the song. <laughs> this was classic left eye. This was left eye at her peak. Yeah, this is a good song. It is a good song. That was my favorite TLC song. We were talking about how you and I both both, both knew the words like yeah. at a very young age. Like yeah. Eight-year-old Mike is like, red light <laughs> No idea what it means. I like I told you I was the freshman. I knew what it meant, but it blew my mind when I made a reference to it. My grandmother was like, "Why are you talking about that?" And she knew what it was. And I was like, "Ooh, it's weird. Mind blown." <laughs> Grandma knows a red light specialist. <laughs> UK texture says, "Yep, y'all are losing for sure tonight." Because <laughs> the red light special. <laughs> he also says Oscar winning the National Player of the Year is about as useless as Lamar's Heisman. No, 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 no. National Player of the Year awards in men's college basketball are, are far more useless yeah. than not. People remember Heisman Trophy winners. There's 17 different National Player of the Year awards. Nobody cares. Who won last year's uh, Player of the Year award? I have two votes. I've, I I'm, I'll give you this. Out of the last 10 years, can you name five? Oh, yeah. Okay, go. Uh, I remember Denzel Valentine split with Buddy Heald. Jalen Brunson. Um, I'm going to lie. I don't know if you're telling me the truth or not here. So I'm Jimmer Fredette. You're not lying. Jimmer Fredette was within the last 10 years, right? Sure. Uh, Zion Williamson. Yeah, okay, Zion's probably, yeah, I get that one. Um, who would have been? <laughs> Jimmer Fredette, that's a great category to like be in. Tyler Ansborough. <laughs> it was 2008, so no. Now I just can't think of who was last year. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't who was last year's National Play of the Year? <clears throat> I don't um, Frank Kaminsky was one year. Was he one year? 2015. I think Marvin Bagley won. <laughs> Some of the awards one year. Who was the first pick in the draft was last year? Was there a year? Smith in there somewhere? Who was the first pick in the draft last year? Uh, Kate Cunningham. He wasn't National Player of the Year, was he? I don't remember. How's he doing in the NBA anyway? I don't even know. He's about to be Rookie of the Year. Yeah, for a 21-win Detroit team, I see. Well, still. 21-56. <laughs> Luca Garza was last year. Oh, yeah. I actually remember that. I had to yeah. look it up. Yeah. That's bad. Should have known that. Yeah, by the way, how well did that do for Iowa? Didn't they go in the second round, too? Oh, well, I guess they went farther than Kentucky did. Hey. Oh, hey, oh. Texas says, someone called the ASPCA. Two guys are torturing a possum while listening to TLC. 
<laughs> we can jam that song. Texas says TJ Walker burner account here. Go cards. Go Trevor. Go Kroger. <laughs> go Kroger. <laughs> go Kroger. Texas says good gravy, Trevor. How about some salt and pepper? We need more upbeat. Salt and pepper would. Oh, I should have gone with salt and pepper. Yeah, I should have done a salt and pepper in there somewhere. Texas says in the call, Texer. In the annals of history, people are going to be talking about three things: the discovery of fire, the invention of the submarine, the Louisville Cardinals beating the South Carolina Gamecocks. Let's bleep and go. Get it, Trevor. Oh, I love that quote. Good one, Texter. Texas, I like that. That's going. That might go in the speech. Texas says, is Trevor the Crystal and the music the fentanyl today? <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into tonight's game, uh, because we're not going to have a show before tomorrow night's men's Final Four, real quickly, uh, Villanova, Kansas, Carolina, Duke, quick predictions. I know we're not. We have This is the first time we've even mentioned these games. Do you have any strong thoughts about either one of these games? We talked a little bit about it earlier this week. At least I think we did. Earlier this week, but not today. I'll be honest with you. I was a little sick of this earlier this week, so I don't even remember Wednesday's show whatsoever. And what, I, what else is new? don't even know what I talked about on Wednesday, so glad I just didn't cuss. Um, more time to say for you. Uh, Here's how I'm going to frame that, though. You know, <laughs> do you remember how this week started? Haley Van Lith dropping the S-bomb. Yeah, was. Yes, you're out in. On national TV. Yeah. It ends with me dropping the S-bomb on very local <laughs> sports radio. <laughs> Same exact thing. The vibes are right. It's a tribute to her. She's dropping 30 tonight. That's 40. Uh, that's a record. They have to one-up me every time. <laughs> <laughs> I, all I can do is picture having her Shoney Shimble moment on... on, uh, on Leah Boston. On, yeah, whoever the big girl is for South Carolina. Yeah. Stop saying big girl. Why are you going tall Should I say tall girl? Just say the center best player. Well, first of all, you should know her name. She's the best player in women's college basketball. I don't care what her name is. Her name is irrelevant to me. Her name is not going to be. Her name is Moot because it doesn't matter. Because after tonight, she's going to be sent home to the WNBA playing in Minnesota Lynx when no one's going to see her play anyway. There it is. Love it. At least I got the Lynx part right. All right, quickly. Uh, men's I'm basketball going, final uh, four. Who you got? I'm going Villanova over Kansas. Ooh, <laughs> spicy. Think you're fancy there. Well, they don't bit? have their second best player. Uh, well, they don't need it because they got their best. Um, yeah, that's right, because he, he tore his ACL, didn't he? And that one that was heartbreaking. I remember that. Uh, remember, it was like a week ago. It was last game. <laughs> it was it last was game, yeah. Uh, I'm going Villanova, though, with the upset over Kansas. And I'm going... I'm going to say North Carolina in Coach Wow. If this happens, this would be a historic tournament. Do you want to know why? If you're if you're two picks wind up coming to fruition, this would be a historic Ooh, tournament. Villanova North Carolina rematch, one of the better games we've had in history. Neither one of these teams, unless something crazy happens, have a first round pick on the roster for the upcoming draft. Okay. Since the NCAA tournament became a thing in 1947, the national champion every well, single wait, I thought it was 39. Well, I, I guess 47 was the the first year that they had this and also a professional draft. Gotcha. So since then, since 1947. Every single NCAA tournament champion has had at least one first-round pick really? on its roster. Or something that would translate to a first-round pick before they would were doing I.e. Louisville in 86 would eventually have it with, with Purvis years later, but not off that. Well, no, from that team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Ellison was, but no one, like, it took three years later to have one, but yeah. Well, no, that season. That oh, year. that season? Yeah. Who was the first-round pick off the 86 Louisville team? Maybe look this up. I mean, we were, we're running out of time. Here, I don't know, but you, you brought it up. You should know better. Well, I'm just, I was just throwing at class that, like, a fact that, like, you would. Let's see. Uh, Billy Thompson was a first-round pick off was that he? team. 1986 NBA draft. I know he won titles back-to-back with the Lakers. I didn't yeah. know he Number 19 right. overall pick. I did not know There that. you go. Okay. So if that happens. I apologize. It'd be historic because neither one of those teams is producing a first-round pick this year. Now, that, that's set as of now. 
for all we know, somebody goes off in that title game and ends up being slipping in the last part. I can't of her see show. that happening. Didn't that, and that's how uh, well your boy from Villanova a couple years ago did it, right? Dante Divincenzo. Yeah, well, they also had three other first round picks on that roster. So still, yeah, um, I'm going the opposite way. I think Kansas wins. Uh, Nova without Justin Moore, they had a six man roster already. Basically, they're gonna have to play the, the other Archie Diacono like 25 minutes. I don't think he's that good, at least not yet. Yeah. Um, if it comes down to free throw shooting, though, they are the best free throw shooting team in the history of college basketball. I like that. But I'm going with Kansas. Um, Remy Martin, as long as he doesn't blow up in the negative old school Remy Martin way, I think they win. And then I'm going with Duke. I think it's actually, as much as I would like it to be a crap game, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think both teams are going to score a lot of points. At the end of the day, Duke's just got more talent, and You're Coach right. K made a deal with the devil. So there you go. I would like to see a little rematch of the – I mean, that, that North Carolina-Villanova game, one of the better probably top five title games of all time. Oh, for sure. I mean, back and forth awesomeness. For sure. Uh, Texter did mention earlier, did you send in your Coach K video tribute for the Tyson Tate show last night? I did. And I was – They let me know ahead of time that it was never going to be shown like to the general public. It was only going to be for this one night only. So I will keep my thoughts. What I said in that video will we'll stay in New Orleans forever, even though I never actually got to see it. I did thank him, though, for the 1986 title did you? and also the 2013 regional final. He was so touched by Kevin Ware's injury that he let us beat their ass by 18, which what, was nice. What was the phrase he, he referred to, called us? Boom him. Boom him. Yeah, boom him. Uh, all right, Texter says, prediction time. Please read this. Mark it down. It's not a prediction. It's how it's going to be. That's right. Louisville 60, South Carolina 59. If we win... I do think it's probably going to have to be a game in the 60s. I don't think we want it to well, get... South Carolina's been low scoring, too. They, they have. They've been mucking it up defensively with their opponents last couple games as well. And that's kind of how we want to play. I know mm-hmm. we get up and down a little bit, but we're that's mostly a product of our chaotic defense than it is anything else. I feel like... I'll, be, I'll say this. I'll be stunned if South, if South Carolina like blows us out. If what people are predicting to happen is going to happen, which is they're just in complete control, I can see them racing out to a, an early lead. But we've been in that situation before. I almost would feel more comfortable playing from behind uh, because we've squandered so many big leads uh, over the this season. I know the, the two big ones were we lost against Miami and NC State, but even the last two rounds of the NCAA tournament, we felt like we've been in control, and then we've let things get way too close for comfort in the fourth quarter before, thankfully, making the plays necessary to win. I'm going to say South Carolina jumps out to an early lead. They lead by eight or nine at the end of the first quarter. They lead by about that same margin at halftime. And then we kind of chip away. We kind of chip away. And then I'm calling it. Emily Angsler, huge second half. Nice. And then HVL takes over in the fourth quarter because that's what she does. Makes herself a household name at the very few households that don't know who she is at this point. Louisville gets it done. Two-point victory, 66-64. HVL goes for 23. Angsler, 18-12. and 12. We're celebrating and then we're playing whoever on Sunday. I don't even care if it's UConn or Stanford. We're winning. But I'm going to hand You've been more passionate than I, I have today. I don't care who it is, but I still want to be UConn, yeah. You do. You've gotten everybody fired up. Yeah. The floor is yours. Uh, for the record, we have not been blown out once this year, so it sure as hell ain't starting tonight, okay? Damn right. I mean, we lost the most we lost to was by, like, what, nine to North NC State earlier this night, and that was just... And we were up play. by 18 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So that's... We, 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 it ain't happening tonight. Tonight is the night. Tonight, it, it all comes to fruition. It all happens in Minneapolis, the Twin City, a home of underdogs, a city that has seen the Twins win 87 and 91 when they weren't expected to. They were laughing stock. They were looked at as an underdog that shouldn't even be here. And guess what they did? Kirby Puckett, uh, I can't remember any other players, Jack Morris, 
Those guys, they stepped it up. They won championships, and that's what we're looked at. We're looked at as the underdog, the Twinkie of the town, in the home of Twinkies, in Minneapolis, the Target Center, that we're coming in. We're looked at as not expected to be here. We're not supposed to be here. Who are you? There's three teams here. What about that, Will Bond? There's four teams here, and the fourth team, the one that you didn't think about, is the one that's going to shock the freaking world. I didn't cuss, and I did smart on that one. We're going in here. We're taking on the South Carolina team. Thinks we're a fad. They think we're just nothing but a, but a disco ball in from Louisville that's just popular for five minutes and now is being burned in Chicago. No, we are here to stay, my friend. You're the fad. We're not. We're, we got more reputation. I want UConn. I want South. Carolina. I want Stanford. I don't care. It doesn't matter because starting tonight, we're coming in and we're going to show South Carolina what it's all about to play ACC basketball. This isn't SEC. This isn't that little weak little league. They used to have Tennessee, who we've manhandled the last few years in the tournament, including this year. This is our time, not your time. Our time. Your time is gone. Our time is now. It is all about the Cardinal. It's a red light special coming in the into the Minneapolis Target Center. <laughs> Give it to me. Kate Woo! Woo! The home of Ric Flair, baby. Strutting, profiling. Get the, get Space Mountain ready because we are stepping in there. Louisville, 68. South Carolina, 61. Woo! Mark it down. Write it down. Mail it in. Call your bookies. Sell your soul. Sell your sperm. Sell your plasma. Whatever you can do to put more money on the cards, you do it tonight because it is happening. And Sunday night... When it all comes to fruition, it all happens. The stars align like we're listening to the soundtrack from Hair. It all comes together. In the saints of Aquarius, days of Aquarius. So close. I don't care. You don't care. Don't stop me. I'm going to roll. Woo! Minnesota. Woo! Bring on UConn. Woo! Bring on Stanford. Either one. I want UConn. The passing of the torch. Gino. You look so sad. Oh, you we, we were so happy to be here in the final four. We didn't expect to be here. You don't expect to be here. You're not going to be here for freaking long, buddy, because we're taking over. This is ours. Jeff Wall's time. This is Cardinal time, baby. Let's get up. Let's he just go. spiked his, he just spiked, a, he spiked a highlighter. He just spiked a highlighter. He's so excited. He's standing up. Trevor, they say, here's your parting thought. They say winning a national title changes the perception of a program forever. When we come in here for Monday's show, the perception of Louisville women's basketball will have been changed forever. Let's win a national title. Let's celebrate it on Monday. I'm hanging the banner next to my 2013 banner in the house. The banners are going up. The shirts are being bought. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Let's get there. Let's get back here. Let's get together. Monday, 3 o'clock. Let's celebrate a national championship. Celebrate Go Cards! Beat South Carolina. Beat who the hell ever on Sunday. Let's get this thing done. We'll see you Monday. We'll be celebrating. Oh, yo! Give you the red